This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You are now locked in to the latest episode of the Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Rotofanatic Podcast Network. Go to rotofanatic.com right now. Pause the show, type in rotofanatic.com in your browser, and head on over there to play with our cuddly, cutesy wootsy data monster. It's episode 70, the TJ Antone edition. We still have spots open for the inaugural Palazzo Invitational. The third and final league is still accepting new members. The overall winner of all three leagues will get a big-ass trophy. Act now by going to our Twitter page and click on the link in the bio. Today's guest is a first-timer to the show, but he is no stranger to the ways of fantasy baseball. You can find him on the Draft Champions podcast and at Draft Champagne on Twitter. Let's give it up for one of the finest Canadians in the fantasy baseball community, Zach Waxman. Join your host, Christopher Deary and Michael Govier as they break down fantasy baseball from all angles with Zach. This episode's going to have good times and noodle salad, so we hope you enjoy this one. Take it away, boys! Now tune in live to the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Rota Fanatic Podcast Network. Good evening. Welcome in. If you're watching on the live stream, it's a pleasure to have you aboard. We're on Facebook Live, YouTube, Periscope. Those are our three main channels of interest. All oh, Periscope's going away at the end of March, so we'll probably switch over to Twitch. Today we have another guest in a long line of guests. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff in this episode we haven't recorded an episode in almost four days which is unheard of for this podcast uh shout out by the way to jason cuffs did a great job on the show last week very cool having him on please follow him at k-u-f-s-s guy knows fantasy baseball very very much so and today's show we have a guy that is known to me only through fantasy but there's so much more that we're going to learn about him today 
I want to give it up for a guy who makes his own work a reality every week on his own show called the Draft Champions Podcast. He's also a veteran of many, many leagues on NFBC mostly, where he's won championships. He's won money. He's got a lot of badges on his profile on NFBC. Let's give it up for the one and only Zach Waxman, also known as Draft Champagne on Twitter. Hey, Zach, you finally made it, dude. Chris, Chris and Michael, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. I'm ready to bring it. I'm, I'm ready to talk some baseball, and I'm glad I'm. I, you only know me from your own fantasies. Yeah, I don't know what, what I was said? saying there. I don't know what I said. Was, okay. you said you who only, knows what's you, happening? You, you, said, you said you only know me from fantasy. So well, I have fantasies about you, but they're mostly related to fantasy baseball. Anyways, uh, Deary, what do you think? What do you think of this Zach guy? I may be having a lot of fantasies about him as well by the end of this episode if he brings it. Well, we can make this a reality, boys. <laughs> Man, a fantasy within a fantasy. That's right. Inception I'm just, I'm just glad to be here. What are you drinking? I know you are. I'm drinking a Founders Unraveled IPA. It's a juicy IPA from Founders, which is out here in Michigan. Looks delicious. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's nice and Zach's uh, Canadian. Zach's close by. He knows oh, the story. All right. Yeah. Short little road trip away. Yeah. About an hour outside of Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there closer, it is. Closer to Michigan than Toronto, or on, on the Michigan side. We got oh. Kitchener, Mississauga. I'm trying to think of all the insane Canadian yeah, ha- Hamilton, towns Hamilton. I know. Oh, Hamilton, okay. Do you know, do you know Hamilton? Wow, what was that? How, were they the Hamilton, like, think of the football team. Were they the Thundercats? Or? Tiger Cats. Tiger Cats. Tiger Cats. Close okay. enough, yeah. Yeah, they have a uh, yellow and black. Yellow and black is their colors. CFL is not too interesting. I love the CFL. Is the CFL still it's still a thing? I thought it folded. Case in point. No, 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 no. They had to sit out for a while just because of COVID. Uh, It'll be back. It'll be back. Actually, I think there might be fantasy CFL. (laughs) I'm sure there is. Yeah. Did you you know the CFL has to have like um, a quota um, uh, of actually Canadian born um, players? players? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I did not know that. That is news to me. Yes. Yeah. We are live here with Zach Waxman for the Draft Champions Podcast. You can find Zach on Twitter at Draft Champagne and, of course, uh, at Zach Roto as well. That's your personal account, right? It is. It is. There it is. I love Zach. I was just on his podcast over the weekend where we talked about a few things that we'll talk about in this show, but also some things that we didn't cover, which will be on this show today. So this is the classic pod exchange. You know, you go on his, I go on yours. You know, you show me a mine, I show you... Wait, you show me mine. Yeah, you show me mine, and you'll show me yours. Or Sounds I'll like show you. Me. I don't know what's happening. Uh, this is a <laughs> podcast, and, and it's a pleasure to have you aboard. Don't forget, we're part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. RotoFanatic.com is a wonderful place to go to. You can find a lot of great stuff there, including the week that was. The week that was comes out every Monday. Shout out to our guy, Dave Funnel. We love him very much. He's a great writer at Roto Fanatic. <laughs> Always doing good stuff there. Every Monday, you can catch the week that was. Not only does it tell you what happened the previous week, but it also will tell you little nuggets, give you little pieces of data, give you an understanding of the situation beyond just the uh, signing or the what have you in the article. It's really good stuff. And we have our rankings on there. We've talked about doing some tiers. We probably won't. I brought it up. Um, I actually am really starting to buy into the fact that tiers are... 
a better way to go. But we have our rankings on Roto Fanatic from all of our analysts, like Mr. Doctor. Shout out to Dr. Carter. You should do uh, a sound bite for Tears, uh, Tears for Fears, the, the band from the 80s. Oh, yeah. Well, we got shout. We can just let oh, the song play. Oh, that is Right. That is, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> what? Come on. Oh, we did this on your. Yeah. I don't, know. I, don't, I don't know what I'm saying. Is this a podcast? I don't know what's happening. I do know that uh, today's show, today's show, we're going to talk about the tag team draft that happened over the weekend on Sunday night. Big hubbubaloo about the tag team draft, which I was a part of with Eric Cross, and Zach was a part of with Sleepy K, Mike Curlin. Shout out to all those people. And we'll talk about other things not related to fantasy baseball in Enrico's Inquisition. And we'll do fantasy breakdown, insane fantasy takes. Insane yes, we'll play the song, takes. of course, Insane Fantasy what? Takes. And we'll talk about strategy, some strategies <laughs> for your Roto teams and for TGFBI teams. How do you build your teams? What's the best way to do it? Uh, maybe we'll get to Zach's foundation as well, his fantasy foundation, the core of him. Shine and ride the pine, community chatter, and that'll be that. So that's today's show. Zach, the baseball pods bracket run by the one and only, the esteemed Chris from Baseball Pods on Twitter. Another shout-out. Jesus. Keep them coming. Baseball Pods tourney is underway. This podcast is being recorded on Monday night. The live stream, for those of you who are here live, it's 922. That means there's about 38 minutes left to vote if you have not voted in the Baseball Pads bracket for the best fantasy baseball podcast of them all. Zach, how are you feeling about tomorrow? Because... We're on the docket along with you as well. Oh, are we tomorrow? I thought we were Thursday. But I just guessed. <laughs> I, I, think I think it I is a couple days. I think it. I think they give a couple days for that first round to uh, the first side of the bracket to I be voted someone, on. And then I'm sure if I asked Chris, I think I asked Chris, like the Chris. The we're Chris. on this week. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Sorry. We're in I the same I, bracket. I, That's the focus. We're in the same I'm not, bracket. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to nitpick here, but yeah, it's. Um, I, I just say that because I'm, I'm ha- I, the reason I, I'm, I'm concerned is if it's tomorrow because I'm having um, open bar on my podcast on Wednesday and I'm, I'm hey. facing these then. So it's a way to it's a way to like get promote the different podcasts. So I'm like, not only are we facing off against each other, it's not about who wins. I want to pr- we want to promote each other and talk to each other. And you shouldn't want to just go and try and be cutthroat and and win. <laughs> And w- which is something that um, I think everyone should be aware of, and we want to be nice people and talk to each other. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay. Well, but the thing is, if we, if we voted tomorrow, then it would sort of be too late if I had him on Wednesday. So I'm kind of worried about that now. Okay. Yeah. So we covered this on your podcast, which you can listen to on the Draft Champions podcast feed. Uh, want to lift up the pods, want to raise up the pods that people don't know about. Just like, Deary, you and I last year as this podcast, nobody knew who we were, and <laughs> we were just kind of along for the ride. So we can empathize with them, and we'd rather just lift up the pods that people don't know about, the lower seeds. Right. Yeah, l- last year, so many other podcast hosts and other people within the tournament did a great job welcoming us as a as a total newbie, a virgin to the fantasy baseball podcast world. And now we're in it again. We're going against the esteemed nasty cast. And, uh, you know, the great Van Lee put something out today and great, did a great shout out to our pod as well as a couple other pods as well. But he, you know, his sentiment when it comes to the tournament is you're just lifting up all the other pods. You're getting the conversation started about other pods that are out there, maybe that you've listened to or haven't listened to. And, you know, everybody's each other's brother when it comes to this. So uh, 
there's really no cutthroat uh, paying under the table or collusion, but uh, you just hope that everybody gets to be heard in the end. Couldn't agree more. Actually, I, I do want to give a shout out to High Stakes Heat. They're in quite a quite a close battle right now. Oh, thank you. And um, go out and vote for High Stakes. Both both good podcasts, but they're um, I'm I'm lobbying for them. They're, they're they've been good to me, so I'll give them a shout out. And um, they're up against um, I think Dingers. You all great great podcast as well. But um, give them both a, both a shout out and give them a vote. Either way. Hmm. By, no, the way, love- by the way, by the way, Mike, you're you came on my podcast recently. I think it was yesterday, the day before. Um, Saturday night, Saturday, two nights ago, forty eight hours ago. Yeah, big a big blend of time, and you uh, put together a great song. You, you performed a song that I wrote, but um, that's getting some rave reviews and getting DMs. Everyone's loving it. They say it's spectacular, and that episode has been quickly um, growing and becoming the most listened to episode just because of that song. Wow. Um, yeah, dear, you, you probably haven't heard that one yet. Did you check that one out? Uh, I have not. Yeah, we so we're going to get to a point where Mike does songs for everybody's podcast, and then <laughs> hopefully they listen past that 10-minute mark and continue with the pod. But, I mean, you've you've done uh, – you're about 90% knocking it out of the park with these, with these songs, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Well, Zach's song was – it was in the works like a month ago almost, a while ago. So – it wasn't like uh, I just did this all of a sudden for him. So there will be probably no more freebies. Uh, people can ask me, but uh, I don't know. I'll probably, it takes time and effort to make these things happen. So we'll see. I like to be helpful. I like to be freely giving my time to others in the benefit and spirit of the good of all. But I also learned from John L. at MLB Moving Averages that I want to be, I don't know, you want to be, if you have something you can do and you do it well and, you should be, you know, paid for your time. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I've always been very shy about that. But there's nothing wrong standing up saying, hey, I can offer you something. You want to give me something for it in exchange for my time? Let's do it. So I see the I see the benefit of that. You know, John was on the mental health podcast I do, the First Day Pod, on Sunday. We did a special Sunday sit-down. And, man, he talked for almost three hours. It was just truly wow. three hours I, I long. Yes, he had so many great stories, though, man. The guy is so fascinating and he's got life lessons and how to structure your life and whether it's sleep habits, addiction, uh, wealth management, this guy knows a lot. So I'd strongly recommend beyond fantasy baseball that you go check that out at first day pod and first day pod on all podcast platforms, but the baseball pods tournament is supposed to be fun. So hopefully it's a good time and we just raise up people. I love Rotosaurus. I love Dave, I love Jake a lot. I'm big fans. We had him on the show just recently. Love those guys. But um, the Dingers are doing cool work too. So I don't want to take this so seriously where I have to like, I don't care if we win or lose, dearie. I don't care. No. I seriously don't. Like it's, I just don't give a shit. It's not, I'm not going (laughs) to take it that seriously. Of course not. Of course not. But people are, people. But you do care about being part of it. Yeah, but. Yeah, 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 I do. But you don't care about winning or losing. I yes. think what Mike's getting at, and it's something that Van talked about as well, is just like it got a little nasty last year where people were just really pushing too hard to for the win. And the whole idea of is it of it is to get everybody's name out there and have some fun banter back and forth. So hopefully we get some of that this year. I agree. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Beautiful. Okay. 
I love it, man. I love it. So we're supporting the pod. We love Chris from Baseball Pods. He's the best. He's a bright guy. We, I did a best ball draft on Saturday night with him and Bubba, who we just had on the show. And you can listen to that episode as well with Bubba and Toby from Batflip Crazy, which was last week. And I hate my team. I don't like it. It's trash. We won't really talk about that best ball team, but uh, shout out to Derek Rhodes. Inviting me aboard. It was 25 bucks to sign up, and we did a live best ball draft, which you can probably watch again if you want to watch somebody who did a draft three days ago on Derek's Twitter feed. It was a good time. All right, uh, Zach, anything else on the baseball pods tourney? Any final thoughts? Any? Uh, are you no, in, are you in open bar going to go toe to toe on your podcast and rip each other or what? I don't know what we're going to do. We're we're going we're to figure that out, but we're, we're I think we'll play nice. I think it's about just um, what you talked about. Just getting getting everyone out there, getting all. If anyone hadn't heard about Open Bar that watches or listens to my podcast, they they will now know about them. That's what that's what it's about. And I think that's what the, the whole agenda is here. Yay! All right. Well, now we can do some housekeeping then, and you know, say some more thank yous to people. Fire up the old Belvedere music here. By the way, Zach, is Mr. Belvedere a housekeeper, a butler? How do you look at him? We always ask this. Streets on the China. I don't remember Mr. Belvedere. Like, I know the name. Who is Mr. Belvedere? What? <laughs> is, Cana- uh, is it because you're Canadian? Is that why? I know the name, but I just forget it. Like, I, it's like, what is what is Mr. Belvedere? Is that, what is it? Forget. The bad 80s sitcom with uh, Bob Uecker <laughs> plays the, the dad, George, and uh, they have a house little housekeeper or butler. We're trying to figure out what his actual profession was, but he was kind of the slapstick part of the show, maybe? Okay. Yes. Uh, I, I vaguely I know it, but I, I don't I don't remember any of the episodes, so I can't help you out. So I, I must like I, I must people must think I'm like born in the 2000s, but I'm not I'm, like born in the 80s. So I shouldn't know that. I just don't. <laughs> but you are Canadian, so I am Canadian. But I like, it was in it was definitely broadcast in Canada. I just never like uh, I never watched it. Yeah, it was on <laughs> after the adult Degrassi show. <laughs> Ooh. Well, anyways, we want to say thank you. To Mr. Belvedere for always providing us with this beautiful music. It's a beautiful song. That's why I love it. I don't care about the show. I just love the theme songs. 80s theme songs rule. Let's say thank you to some people who have been really nice and supportive of the show recently. It's a long list. I don't think we can get to everybody, and I feel bad about that. But I want to say thank you to Jonathan Metzelar, who randomly shouted us out today and said, keep up with the good work. Thank you, Jonathan. At John Metzelar on Twitter. That's J-O-N. Metzelar, kind of like a Pete Metzelar. Remember Pete Metzelar's? Oh, yeah, Buffalo. Zach should probably know Pete Metzelar's. No, I'm, I'm 0 for 2 right now. <laughs> Shit, are you, I thought Zach, that guy are you a lived... human being? <laughs> Born in the 80s? You don't know who Pete Metzelar's is? No. I, I thought that That's people what... outside of Toronto were like Buffalo Bills fans or in that area. Yeah. So. Actually, yeah, um, we are. We're actually huge Bills fans. Well, this is an old... I mean, this is '90s Bills. Pete Butzler's was a tight end. So. The thing is, I was never, I was never a football fan until I actually started playing fantasy football. It, it, it's weird because I got into fantasy football because I played fantasy baseball, and not enough people that I'm friends with wanted to play fantasy baseball. They all wanted fantasy football, so I'm like, okay, I'll play this as well. And I was never a football fan, and it became, and people are surprised that like I got really into fantasy football because I never liked football, and I was. I was doing like multiple leagues of it. Like, what, what's wrong with you? Like, you didn't even want you didn't even care about football. Now you're in like 20 of these leagues. But no, I, yeah, I never really got in. I was never like a huge football fan like back in the day. Understood, my friend. There's no reason we should be admonishing you for not knowing Pete Metzler's. That's a, little, that's a bit over the top, isn't it, dearie? I mean, who the hell could really remember him, anyways? Yeah, I'm out of line there. I'm sorry, Zach. 
<laughs> oh, shout out to Ryan Venasio who uh, tweeted. He didn't even tweet. He privately messaged me and said, love what you guys are doing with the Flossa podcast. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan's a hell of a drummer. So uh, shout out to him and make sure you follow Ryan on Twitter. Ryan Venasio doing great work. He, he's a guy that I think people should know more about. Beyond his drumming skills, I love drummers, so I'm always going to be a sucker for them. But he also knows fantasy baseball quite well and does his own work. So make sure you follow him at Ven, V-E-N underscore baseball. And boy, uh, there's so many more. We just can't get to them all. But I want to shout out to the guy who said, hey, you need to come up with like a Coors Light sounder for Coors instead of the siren. I can't remember because I'm the notifications. I'd have to go back days to remember who said it, but I loved it. It's a great idea. And we are definitely going to do that. So wanted to say thank you to whoever that was who came up with the idea to have a new sounder for any time anybody mentions the fact that it's Coors Field and people hit the ball a lot there. So here it is. Here's the debut of it right now. Coors, the banquet beer. There you go. Thank you, sir. I, th- I think it was a guy. I'm pretty sure it was a guy. So, All right. Let's uh, continue the show and move forward in a segment that is generally called... Oh, by the way, I didn't even say this. Uh, you can follow the show, Plausible Podcast. Plausible Podcast at ProtonMail.com for any email concerns. Uh, Plazo Podcast on Twitter. Two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. We appreciate your time and energy, and I want to thank um, a guy I've been talking to. He emailed the show, Deary, about collaborating on some music together. He wants to do it for another thing uh, outside of this show. He has some <laughs> ideas. So <laughs> it's it's so funny that that happened, and I want to thank him for uh, getting the ball rolling on these ideas. I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but he just emailed me on the Palazzo podcast at ProtonMail.com. And it's like, hey, I want to do these songs with you. What do you think? So we're working on it. His name's Mark Farrell. So thank you, Mark. Are, are you going to go on tour and leave me here alone, or can I come with you guys? <laughs> of course you can, man. I'm going to need a manager. So <laughs> Oh, yeah, me manage. That sounds perfect. You get you get a nice chunk. You get a nice chunk of the cut every time. I could do so. it. Yeah, I could do it. And uh, last one, we'll move on. Thank you to Baseball Pause himself, Chris and Justin on Danielle's TGFBI podcast, which is about Danielle Salinger getting into TGFBI and fantasy baseball for the first time. They had a lot of nice things to say about me. I I don't want to talk about me, but I want to thank the people who are promoting our show and promoting us. That is something that I would and will always be very grateful of. So thanks, guys. Okay, let's get into leading off. No more screwing around. We got a guest to deal with here, and he's great. Zach Waxman from the Draft Champions podcast. Here we go. Let's lead off. Hey, Shrimp Boat Captain, what up, my man? God, I love Shrimp Boat Captain. We've been talking a lot on Twitter in private messages. Shrimp Boat Captain's last name is Boatlock, and that is not a lie. Shut All right. That one <laughs> it is, the a ground. Lie. is a lie. No, is it? Yeah, no, it's not. It's not that. It's He's not Canadian, a- too. He's like you. He's Canadian. <laughs> yeah, he it's Blakelock, Blake not Boatlock. Oh, did I say Boatlock? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe you're thinking Shrimp Boat Boat, yeah. Never mind. I did. You're right. I said boat. It's yes, Maybe. Blake Lock. And then you also said I'm not lying. So I'm like, what? Do you? <laughs> this is truth. Is this... You ever listen to a radio show and you're like, how could that guy make that mistake? Like they're talking and they just say something. <laughs> and like, how... I can't believe he just said the wrong thing. And that's what I just did. I know how that feels like. So. Yeah, no, I, did. I made a similar mistake on our podcast when we, when we were talking about um, Dominic Smith. I said two, you went at 280, 286 and you went at 186 and I didn't realize until I re-listened to the podcast. So sometimes you don't even... Don't oh, I even just believed you. 
Yeah, I just believed you. You're yeah, right. no one. Yeah, it was, it was a straight, up, it was straight up lie. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the tag team draft. It's in the bag. It's done. It happened Sunday night. There's a live stream that John from MLB Moving Averages did that you could check out. I was on it for a few hours, kind of talking about some of the live picks I did with my partner Eric Cross, who is a genius when it comes to prospects and 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 yeah, I mean. I never drafted with the guy before. We've never met in real life. It's a very strange situation. So we did the best we could. We, we didn't even do like a, a live feed like this. We just chatted through the Twitter DMs. That seems difficult to do. I don't know. It worked for us. Me and, me and Curlin were actually Zooming. and that Most was, people did, I think. That was proving to be difficult as well. <laughs> well we get into that. I kind of had the... I kind of have a feeling that like Eric was like with his family or something. I don't know. He could, he could have been busy doing something. It was just another draft to him. So anyways, that draft's in the bag. Zach, you and Curlin, Mike Sleepy K. Curlin, one of the finest dudes in fantasy. He was our very first guest on the show, by the way, really? last year. A year wow. ago, episode episode eight, episode eight, Mike Curlin was the first guest in the history of Palazzo. Nice, nice get. So tell us about your experience drafting with Sleepy Mike. Well, Mike and I, Mike is probably my oldest friend in the fantasy baseball community. So I've known him he's a long time. <laughs> well, I feel like, I kind of feel like he's mine more than everybody because I knew him before he was famous Sleepy K. I knew him just from playing in like sort of home leagues together. And then we both started getting more involved uh, sort of around the same time. So Mike's a great friend of mine and he's an amazing guy and he's a really smart baseball analyst and a great drafter. Um, however, this is the first time that we've ever partnered together. We, we were in multiple leagues and we compete against each other a lot. So this is our first time drafting together. And uh, we came up with a plan beforehand and uh, everything was coming together nicely. Um, but I do, I, but I do have to say, and I've told, I've told them this and everything. And, and you know what? It was all a great, it was all great fun. And everything I say is sort of in jest, but he came on in the middle of our draft and, onto the live stream. And he sort of said, and he said, this is so not a Mike team. And it was sort of me. It sort of inferred that it was me making these decisions when, in fact, that all of the um, anchor, all of the last picks on, we were on the turn, all the anchor picks were, were actually his picks. So it's really like he 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 decided on sort of like these um, very polarizing picks. So I was sort of I sort of said to him like, Mike, like why'd you say that, buddy? Like it makes it sound like it was me that was um, making some of these questionable picks here. But um, I think our our team came together very well um, for, through the first seven rounds. Um, from what we what we planned, we stuck to our plan pretty well. Um, yeah, you guys start with Garrett Cole, Bo Bichette, Corey Seager. Yeah, first that's your first three. So you get take two shortstops in the first three picks. Any arguments? Yeah, that was um, that was premeditated. We talked about that beforehand, and that was both of our that was that was a collaborative idea. We think that shortstops are really scarce along with starting pitchers. So I think after you get out of the the first three or four rounds, um. There's a big steep drop off on in starting pitcher and shortstop. So, like getting those two shortstops is sort of like that's like our pocket aces, uh, so to speak, with Garrett Cole and Corbin Burns, who sort of like a, a he's almost in that. And to some, he's he's in that ace tier. Um, so I think we were very very happy with that start of Cole and Corbin Burns and our two shortstops, which are Seager and Bo and um, Xander Bogarts. Okay, yeah, we, you know uh, Corbin Burns is a guy. You're not worried about innings pitch. You're just taking the ratios, right? Right. You're well. You are. I am. A, you are concerned about them, but you're, you're you're living with them, right? You're you're accepting that he's probably not going to be pitching as many innings as some of those other pitchers that are going in that range. But you also took him 
And then you didn't take a picture until round 10 with Tyler Molly and Aaron Savali at round 11 back to back. So this implies that you're leaning heavily on Burns, at least in my opinion. Yeah, or we're leaning heavily on Savali and Molly, um, one or the other, right? Or, or a combination. So our plan, um, our, our plan was, we, we executed our plan through um, five rounds um, with uh, Rollis Chapman as our first closer. I think that was that's a nice differentiator that we got there. And then, um, yeah, by the way, closers were like flying off the board in this draft from the back-to-back picks taken by Zimmerman and Zinke. They took the yeah. top two closers off the board in round, what is it? Three, four. Three, four turn. Yeah. Three, four yeah. turn. They took Hendricks and Hader back-to-back. Yeah, yeah. That was um, not too uh, not too surprising. In um, we, Me and Mike actually were recording um, as we were drafting, and we're going to release that audio probably um, soon this week. And I actually said to Mike before Zimmerman uh, tapped out um, Hader, I said, "Watch him. He's going to go back to back, back to back closers here." So I, <laughs> I called the shot on that one because I saw because I did I did see his other draft that he did that was that was um, put up on Twitter that he did with like, I think Ryan Bloomfield was on it in it Vlad and some of the ESPN guys. I forget what it was for. And he did a he did double uh, double starter double double closer in that in that draft. So I'm like, you know what? With the way starters were going off the board, there's nothing really, um, really, really special left. So I'm like, I wouldn't be shocked if he just went two closers here. Ah, recon. You had the advantage of reconnaissance. Well done. Uh, Deary, yeah. any observations about either of our teams? Yeah, looking at Zach and Sleepy's team, I like uh, Fran Mill Reyes there in the 12th round. Uh, Mike, you brought it up. Like, uh, you know, they, you know, took care of Cole and Burns early. And then after that, it was Molly and Savali. Which sounds like a like a hit crew or something like that that worked for the yeah. mob. We <laughs> got a dumb joke about it last time. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's there's some unknowns with Molly and Savali, but I think both of those guys have an opportunity to break out. Uh, Mike, I love your first few rounds. Uh, you know, Freeman followed by Bueller. That's what I did in our Palazzo Invitational. And then you get some steady guys after that. Lemayhu, you get a five cat guy with. Starling Marte and then Strasburg, which I, th- I think that's good value there. I think uh, he, if he's healthy and can pitch enough innings, I think would be good. Uh, Ian Anderson, I put out my uh, starting pitcher oh, rankings, and I, I had eating Ian Anderson. I think at like forty-five, and I got a little lot of lot of gruff for it. But I mean, I want to know how many innings he's going to pitch, and I don't know how much I can believe in thirty-two innings. I think he's got the stuff if he can bring down that walk rate and strike out like he did in single A and double A. I think he's going to be a nice find there. So, uh, you know, I was, that was, I was Eric thinking- Cross all the way. Eric pushed for that pick. Okay. I did okay. not want to go that route, well, and we compromised. He does. He loves Ian Anderson. We compromised on Anderson because I pushed for Correa. He wasn't loving Correa. So okay, okay. That was a yeah, compromise. I, I knew you guys weren't going to pick Nick Senzel because of what he was saying when we, the three of us were on my podcast. Yeah, I was thinking about that. You had that advantage that both of us were on your pod together. <laughs> and I know a lot. Think- I've, I've drafted with a lot of the people in this um, in this yes. draft a lot. So I have a lot. I, I was taking. I was looking at a lot of old boards. I had board like Fish. Uh, Fish has been in a lot of drafts with me. Modica has been in a lot of John drafts. And um, who else? I've drafted with you a lot. I've drafted with Matt Williams, Mike from the Battle. A lot of these guys are repeat repeat offenders from the Battle of Mason. the Mason, yeah. Mason, I've been in, in several drafts with him. Like yes. At least four um, um, of these DCs. So I knew I knew his tendencies. But again, you don't really know what their partner is going to do because you, you can't really predict that. So it, that, that makes it a – that was sort of the X factor. But I do want to say back to back to the um, the pitching, um, back to our strategy. We we do 
we don't have a clear cut SP3. So like we sort of jumped from Burns to Mali Savali, but we our plan, we did have a plan um, to get- There Mahler. is FOB by the way. There's FOB in this league in case nobody, we didn't mention that. So Thank this God. is a FOB league. Yeah. Thank God there's FOB in this league um, because we need, we'll, we'll probably need it. Um, so the plan was Mike really is a fan of Savali and I'm a big fan of Molly. So we said, we're gonna target both of them. And our initial plan was to get Molly at the end of round, um, at the beginning of round nine, which is jump him to make sure we got him and then get Savali at the beginning of round 10, because we know that, um, we know that Blankenship was a big fan of Savali because just from me drafting with him. Um, uh. And uh, yeah, so we figured that he might not make it past there. So what we ended up, what, what, what ended up happening was, um, we um pitching in that middle in that middle round area pitching wasn't going as fast as we expected like it went fast at first and then when we got into round i think um after we took will smith in round seven we got to round eight and we sort of got to a point where like okay like like mike wanted to take zach wheeler and then zach wheeler austin meadows when we were in that in it when we took will smith we ended up going with will smith because we weren't sure i wasn't sure um, any catch any good catchers were going to come back because we've lost faith in Tom Murphy. So yeah, I think Smith's the best catcher on the board. So it's a good call. I liked him. And then at the time we both agreed, we were in agreement. Let's take Will Smith. That's good. And then, and then what happened was when we, when it wrapped back around, both Contreras and Grandal were still there. So Mike, that, that flustered him a little bit that both of those other catchers were still there and we could have waited and got something else there, but I don't know. So then, then we, then we were sort of flustered and he's like, I don't know, just pick someone. So um, <laughs> I, 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 like, I like Bomb, and he feels we didn't have a corner infielder. He was a nice. Uh, I, I'm just pretty high in merit, Alec Bomb. So I chose you have Bomb Alec. and Hayes. You have yeah, the back, two young up and coming corner infielders. So, so then, then it came. Then it wrapped back around to to Mike, and I'm like, okay, I took Bomb. I'm like, you like we were. This is the point where we were going to take Tyler Molly, and I'm like, okay, we still got Paddock on the board, and Paddock on like Paddock can be our sort of our shield because like I don't see. I don't see Molly being the best pitcher on the board yet. So I think we can, I'm like, I'm willing, I know Molly's my guy, but I'll risk it. I'll accept losing Molly and you can pick who you want here. So I said, look, we don't have an outfield yet. We need speed. So I said, you, I, I would recommend taking Byron Buxton. And I'm like this, that would be the pick to take here. And then for some reason he took Cabrian Hayes. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I'm not, he chose he chose Karan Hayes, so that's that's what he did. So I'm like, okay, well, okay, okay, we can, well, well, we're still we can still there's still lots of outfielders left, right? So then we get to the next round, and then Molly survives, right? So we're like, great, Molly. He's probably if not one of the best. Paddock went. Paul Mo, Molly's one of the best pitchers on the board. We're gonna take Molly because we're gonna we were gonna take him the last round. Okay. Okay. The problem was Savali still left over too. So he just, Greg didn't take Savali. So then we're getting it. We're now we're on the turn where um, I go, Mike, okay, like Savali's your guy, but we really need an outfielder here. We got Ian Happ on the board. We got um, Yaz, Mike Yastrzemski on the board, and we got Dylan Carlson all available to be taken. So I'm like, we need it. We don't have an outfielder left. Like these guys aren't going to make it. Soler too. Soler. Was he? Was like, yes. So, so Lair's left. So those are those are four outfielders that like we're already stretching it for our OF one. I'm like I would recommend taking. I I I, I mentioned. I don't think I said Soler, but I said um, Yaz, Carlson, and Hap. I'm like Hap's Hap's pretty good, man. We could maybe take him. I'm like, but I don't. But this is your pick. You can if you like if you want to take Savali, we're gonna have to make it up later. 
So, so he went with his guy Savali there, which was getting your guy, but it was against Team Construct, right? So um, that's so then we were then we were really left behind on outfield. And when it came back to us, I'm trying to look at the board here. Um, came back, and then you guys took Fran Mill. Yeah, we took Fran Mill because uh, because we realized um, we're not like we're gonna we, that locking up that utility spot loses flexibility for us. But at the same time, I don't see us finding six outfielders at this point that we're gonna like. So might as well <laughs> fill up that utility spot because we need yeah. power and we need we need counting stats. So I like we both like the the Fran Mill Reyes pitch pick, and then when it came right back around, Walsh is sort of a guy that's my guy. And then I said, listen, like we, we still need an out. We don't have an outfielder. Like there's Kepler and there's, um, then there's Leo Tavares. And, and, um, this is one of the things, this is the growing pains of being like working with a partner for the first time. And I, Mike, me and Mike will do this every year. We'll get it. But he, he didn't want to go with Tavares there because he, he just didn't like Tavares. So I'm like, okay, he, um, we'll take, we'll take Walsh here. And like, if you, he just didn't want Tavares. And I said, well, we can get, Tapia maybe later on. He didn't want Tapia either, but I'm like, we're running into outfielders. Like you can't just, you can't just say no to all these outfielders. Um, and then, um, so we took Walsh there and by some like grace of God, uh, Max Kepler fell back to us in, in round 14. So we were like, thank God that we were going to take Max Kepler um, there. And we were sort of eyeing Kalenic. I was sort of eyeing Kalenic at that point because we knew he was going to be up in April. However, like I was going to take him there and I felt like, yeah, he might not survive the turn, which he didn't. But I'm like, I just cannot justify taking Jared Kalenic as our first outfielder, given that he's <laughs> probably not going to be up in April. So that's sort of how it is, and um, that's sort of like what our logic was. And I'll, me and Michael sort of we'll 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 release sort of the our behind the scenes, but that's that's sort of how it unfolded. And um, he said it's not a, really a Mike team, but a lot of the. Maybe that's a lot. Of, a lot of it was probably hindsight, and I think we would would have done something different if we had maybe planned a little bit better. Hmm. I'll tell you, I like, like Hunter Dozier and, and Nick Senzel, Senzel. so that's so great. That's great. Uh, you like uh, Nick Senzel's a little um, little iffy for his playing time, though. But we still got the we still got a potential for uh, a DH that would okay. um, that would that would afford him some playing time. What about you? Well, how, how are you? How are you um, feeling about your team overall? Like on an overall basis, I, I like your team a lot. I like a lot of your players, and I heard Johnny L saying that you guys had ballers. Like, was that what he was? That, was that what he was saying? Uh, he was saying it was YOLO. It was a YOLO team <laughs> with like you know living on the edge, taking there's, a chance. There's Fab. You can do a YOLO team with Fab. I think more so than a, the DC. But I like your team. You got all you got all really talented players. You got I would very, agree. Very talented. You got a very talented team. I, I yeah. think rounds one through probably 11, Mike, you got guys that are, are going to be dependable. You know exactly what they're going to put up, except for maybe Ian Anderson, but the talent's there. But every other guy there, I, I wouldn't have any argument with where you drafted him or who else was available. So I think you guys started off pretty well. I'm going to have to look at the second half of the draft here. You sent me that over, too, and see if there's any gems over there. Can you see the screen here or no? I can see it. Um, so... Eric Ross is going back to the well. I just realized I could do this. It's a lot easier. Those who are on the podcast, we're showing the screen on the live stream. So. Yeah, it's not big enough for me. I can't. So Eric it. went back to the well. It's not big enough? What does it look like? It's fine. I got it right here in my face. Garrett Hampson. Yeah. Garrett Hampson. What about him? He went, he went back to the well. <laughs> I actually, I pushed that. So. so you have 
A lot of people would assume that it was Eric who was like, yeah, we got to have Hampson. You already know that he likes him. I'm the one who's just as big on Hampson. So two guys coming together, we're definitely going to get Hampson in this deal. We were not so going to tell me about this. And this, is not, this is not me like um, pooping on anything. This is just a legitimate Poo -poo. question. Poo-poo. Poo-poo alert. Um, Garrett Hampson and Scott Kingery, both second base uh, outfield eligible. Both um, have the element of speed in their game. Both under have underperformed throughout their career with a lot of upside. So explain taking both of those guys. Is it just uh, well, one of them hits? And um, if one of them hits, you're ahead of the game? Well, you're lumping in Kingery and Hampson. Kingery has performed. In 2019, he was pretty decent. So I don't think that's a fair comparison. Last year, they both sucked. That's well, true. Well, Garrett Hampson has performed in one month of... <laughs> right. But Kingery gave us 2019, which was very promising. It was rock okay, solid. I'll fair, take fair enough. Fair enough. I, I so correct. you, we had the same argument that you guys were having about an outfielder. Like Eric kept saying, dude, we got to get outfield. We got to get outfield. We can't just keep waiting. You know? And I was like, who cares? Outfield is deep as hell. That's what, I mean, that's all Out, I felt, but. Outfield is the one position you can stream. And I think it's, there's a trend that's going from streaming pitchers now to streaming hitters more so. Um, and yeah. um, I think the one thing that work up, the, the one thing that we, that we did that we, that I would change is that, when, when I was telling you about, like, I took Molly, and then I'm like, okay, you can choose the, the next pick. It, it shouldn't, like, just say, I pick one, you pick one. you got to come to an agreement on every player and be sort of simpatico in every player. And I think that's the one learning, um, the one lesson we learned doing this draft is that we just, we can't do, like, okay, you pick, I pick, you pick, I pick. It doesn't work, it doesn't work well like that. The only one where we did you pick, I pick was the last two picks. We're like, you go ahead, pick whoever you want, I'll pick somebody, whoever I want, and that's it. <laughs> Otherwise... Yeah. Yeah, when it comes down to because that doesn't really matter for your team construction as much, I guess, I'm saying. No, it was just for fun, the last two picks. But we both would always compromise it or agree on what the pick would be. And it got tough with the outfielders because Eric was like, dude, we got to get some outfielders around. Like, you know, after Gary Sanchez in round 13, where we who, took who, Sanchez. Who are your you, got, you got Lariano and Soler. You all, I'm, jealous yeah. of your, I'm jealous of your outfield compared to our outfield. Well, we have Starling Marte, too. So we had Marte, Loreano, and Soler as our big three by round 11. Then we go Frankie Montas, Gary Sanchez, Chris Bassett, which uh, we also debated not taking Bassett and taking a different pitcher, but we did not do that. We could have took Yarborough. Uh, we could have took someone else. But we, we also, Eric was getting concerned about relief pitching, probably more than outfielder. I mean, I'll talk with Eric this week about our draft, but he was like, dude, Really need a relief pitcher. We just didn't do. <laughs> we just like abandoned relief pitching on this draft. So we took Taylor Rogers yeah, around seventeen. Is, is he we, the only one? <laughs> Giovanni Gallegos in round okay. nineteen. Yeah, I think somebody was saying you are um, naked when it comes to RP. Yeah, we just said screw it. We'll pick it up later. We can always fab. There's going to be more guys. We're going to lose jobs. So I'm not worried about that at all. The, there'll yeah. be a good six to eight guys who will be fab that will turn into closers at some point in the oh, season. Oh, absolutely. If you, if you don't get those like top guys, you can get guys way later. And if it's a shorter draft, like a 23 to 27 rounds, like just punt it down the road, get some better assets on your squad, and then you'll you'll be able to find guys. The thing with the, the thing with closers this year is I don't know the answer to this, but. It like even like you're right. You will find closers, but will those closers have full time jobs, or will they be part of a committee? So can they ever measure up to like the the, the Zimmerman guys, like the haters and the the Hendrixes, where they um where they um are going to get you like ninety innings, elite ratios, and all the saves for the team. So they become more valuable relative to like their two thousand 
19 counterparts of saved people that we that we used to know. So maybe 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 closers like those top tier closers are more valuable relative to starters this year. We don't know what the answer is going to be, but I guess streaming um, closers might not get you as close to the to the top tier closers as it used to. But YOLO, right? You only lose once. Yeah, we're boomer bust. <laughs> it's YOLO, and it's still early. You only lose once is true, but you only win <laughs> once at least once a year in the same league. So. That's a little bit about the Tag Team Podcast. Uh, you know, we could dissect it for hours, but we have other things to do on this podcast, including our very own Palazzo League, which is in the 20... What round are we in? In that one, dear? Uh, we're in the 29th round. Yancey Eaton is up right now. Pick 428. Oh. A few of the last players taken were Harrison Bader, Austin Barnes, Rich Hill, Nick Pavetta. We're getting into the real garbage now, so that's where you, you find the, <laughs> where you find the hidden gems, right? Yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, Je- Zach, you're in League Number Two. I am. So I'm trying to find the draft board, actually. I mean, dear, you're in League One, and we're still drafting. We got plenty of ways to go. Still, League Two is underway. Oh, there we are. It's probably like ten rounds in at least. Maybe we more. are in the twelfth round. I'm looking at yeah, it okay. right now. Twelfth round. So what's going on in that league? What's going on in that league? Lots of uh, lots of fun. Um, it's. A lot of players off the board. What's going like? What's what's my team look like, or what do you want to no, know? No, I don't know. Just well, Mon- give us a comment. Um, Albert Alberto Mondesi went at pick thirteen overall in the first round. Hey, all right, that's team, awesome. Dan, I think Dan is his name. Crinian. At this uh, point in the draft, whose team looks the best to you? Just put a quick glance. <laughs> it's only in the twelfth round, mind you. Okay, I'm not going to say mine. Um, no, 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 no. I'm just looking for a team where I like all of their players to start off with. Um, I like Poplin. He started oh. off. I like I like his team. Um, I'm just uh, he's he's got a very um, Zimmerman esque team. He's got Bieber, Bauer as pocket aces, and then he has Whit Merrifield. He's getting your your speed and then and flexibility. Then he went with Hader Diaz, so he double popped closers. And then he went with another pitcher, Hendricks, and then uh, oh, then a lot of outfielders. You know what? I don't like what he's done after that, but I like his start. It's ah, uh, a good try. Yeah, well, no, I, I like his start a lot. I like his start a lot. Um, okay, cool. Well, that's yeah. it. I just want to get a quick update. We're in the midst of League One and League Two, both drafting. League Three still has spots available, so. We're five out of 15 full on that. Ten spots remain. No double entries because we're doing an overall winner. The best of the three leagues, the most points scored, will win a big-ass trophy that we're going to make happen, courtesy of myself and Deary and his Trophy Connect. It's a real thing. <laughs> it's We're going to make this happen. It's really going to happen. I don't I'm care excited. what it costs. I'm really excited about it. So make sure you sign up. Our link is in our bio on Twitter on the Plotso Podcast. Two L's, two Z's, Plotso Podcast on Twitter. Utah, give me two. Sign up now and forever hold your peace. All right, it's time for Zach to step into the zone. Enrico's Inquisition, where we do silly commentaries and random stuff about life and society. Are you ready to do this, Zachary? I'm ready to get silly. Let's do it. Bryce Harper or Lenny Dykstra? Bryce Harper. Oceans or lakes? Which do you prefer? Lakes. Oceans. Oceans terrify me. You're not supposed to talk. This is the part where you'd be quiet. (laughs) Van Halen. Not Ooh. a content. No, WWE84, the no movie, or Trevor Bauer? Trevor Bauer has more positive <laughs> things going for him. He is a good pitcher. Oh, oh, Nelly, get ready for some doozies. 
because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, Enrico's Inquisition. <laughs> All right, so let's see what Zach has to say today. We're going to ask him a bunch of silly things, and whatever the answer is is what it is. That's how this game is played. It's not very complicated. It's not really a game. Uh, khakis or jeans? Khakis. Jeans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. jeans. Um, boy, that's, I kind of like, I think I, I love khakis, I do. <laughs> cargo, cargo, cargo khaki, khakis or, no. um, or just plain khakis? <laughs> plain old khakis, man, they're fun. Yeah, I don't I know, know, they're they, smooth, they're, they're light. Hard, with the pockets on the sides, do you ever have those? Yeah, jeans can be constrictive, man, I don't know, it's it's not always fun. But. I got a real issue with cargo khakis. Yeah, yeah I know you do. I don't really understand. Maybe that's that why I'm thinking, when I think of khakis, I think of some of them being cargo khakis. So. Just wear a fanny pack. I mean, it'll take care of everything. You don't need that. That You don't need to lump everything down all in your right and your left leg and carry that shit around. But, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because Zach's a jeans guy anyways. Yeah, I'm a jeans guy. Uh, Ronnie James Dio or Ozzy Osbourne? Well, obviously, Ozzy Osbourne. We just made the theme song to parody. Yeah, but that's not obvious. You could be a huge Dio guy. I'm Ozzy. I'll, I'll go with Ozzy. What's your favorite Ozzy song, though? Um, probably Dreamer, the one that we did the parody to. But um, I guess it really crazy, was Crazy Train would be the next one. I don't, I'm not a huge Ozzy fan, but I think that would be the, the next one that I like. Hey, you love Ozzy, and now you're not a huge fan. What's going on, man? I'm not a huge fan of either of those, but um, <laughs> I, I, I'll choose if I, if I had to choose one. I'll choose Ozzy. I think Dreamer. I think Dreamer is a great song. Okay, all right, 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 right. How about, how about this one then? Uh, Go West or Rick Astley? Ooh, that is really tough. Um, I think if you had to look at their portfolio, like, I don't know, it's format dependent, that question. So I think if, if, if you're looking at their portfolio of work, you go Rick, Rick Astley, never going to give you up. you got other songs, but I think Go West, King of Wishful Thinking, that's like, that's the best song out of anything. So I think I will, it's tough, I'll go, I'll ignore format, I'll go just go with Upside, and I'll go with Go West, King of Wishful Thinking. Thank you. <laughs> All right, that's cool. I, Zach mentioned that because I referenced that song uh, like two months ago, and I was like, I didn't even know the band that did it. I just remember the song. I actually thought it was like a Billy Ocean song, dearie. I was, <laughs> it sounds like Billy, right? It does. Yeah. I mean, who's to say? Uh, when are you gonna uh, Billy, do a <laughs> when, Mike? When are you gonna do a Sophie B. Hawkins song? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you would love that. I know no, I wouldn't. Would I'd, I'd be so mad. <laughs> um. Melissa Etheridge or Bonnie Raitt? Ooh, I'll go Etheridge. Come to my window. Oh, that's a good one. It's a nice 90s classic. Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, you prefer Tom Cruise or Bruce Willis? Mm. I like them both. I go Bruce Willis. Die, Die Hard, the Die Hard trilogy, or the more than trilogy, you can't beat that. Mm-mm. It's a great. Actually, the third one. I love the third one. It's really good. I think the third one's the the second best out of the Sam the Jackson. Trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I don't. I don't know. If, I, I think the first one has to be the best one with Hans Gruber. It's at the tone. I, I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay. I can live with it. The third one's just fun. Yeah, I like the third so one. Much fun. Jeremy Irons. Uh, George Bell or Jesse Barfield? Uh, for, you taking the Toronto? Um, I will go Jesse Barfield because I've met Jesse Barfield and he's a hilarious guy. And um, we actually, um, yeah, I, um, I, loved, I like Jesse Barfield. 
Wow, that's so cool. You met Jesse Bowman. I actually, I actually um, I met him because he was at a charity event um, a couple of years ago, and I have his email. And uh, I emailed him to come on our, our draft championship. <laughs> nice. That's no, awesome. He hasn't, he hasn't responded. Oh, he really hasn't responded? That's both. What's his PR people doing? Jesse Barfield, I'm calling you out right now. You better get on that Draft Champions podcast right now. Come on. What, what, what else has he got to do these days? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that. <laughs> great, great arm. Bell had, Bell had the MVP in 87, but Jesse Barfield, I'm a, I'm a big um, cannon arm from right field guy. Like I, 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 have to give him, I have to give him props for that. Okay. Uh, Tony Fernandez or Lloyd Mosby? Oh, Tony Fernandez, gotta have him. He's got the World Series titles. Um, may he rest in peace. Um, Tony Fernandez. Yeah, it's too bad. He died last year. It sucks. Yeah, he, uh, I go Tony Fernandez. Just I, I just knew I just it was more of my time, and I saw him play more, and um, he was just a great shortstop, great stance, little like uh, loose Love stance. Tony Fernandez. Love Tony Fernandez. Um, well, we always ask this one: uh, Master of Commander or Survivor? Um, I'm not a big into those. Do you know what those I'm, are? Do you even know what any of that is? I'm assuming you mean Survivor, like the TV show. Yes, Correct. that's right. Yes. Yeah, so I go Survivor. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is the official fantasy baseball podcast of Russell Crowe, so we want to make sure people know that. It's important that Russell knows we're out there. And actually, Russell, we're ready for you. We'd love to have you on the show. Russell, come on the show. Talk fantasy baseball with us. Give us your sleepers for 2021. We would love to hear that. Sliders or curveballs, Zach? Sliders. Yes! Hey! Finally! Finally, someone's on board with me here. Mm, that's sliders. nice. Love to You're hear that. You're talking about the burgers, right? The mini burgers? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Maybe that's a good question. We should ask sliders or sliders. Okay. But then there's so many sliders. There's like pork sliders now, and there's obviously the classic standard hamburger slider. But Yeah. All right, uh, and then... <laughs> We got so many things to do. Finally, for love or money. Um, this is also format dependent, I think. Just like uh, any fantasy question, I think you got to know how much money and how much, or, and who, who is, who's the person and how much money. It's very format dependent. I think mm. in general, like on average, it's going to be money, right? Because if you're talking about family, then yeah, it's going to be love. But like if you're talking about just like you take the population of the world, love or money, like give me the money. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. We appreciate your honesty. We always know you're going to tell it like it is. Zach Waxman has survived Enrico's Inquisition. It's in the books. It's in the can. Another one bites the dust. This is the Hey, it's Enrico Blotso Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Rotofanatic Podcast Network. Don't forget, we're on Twitter, Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. You talk. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com is where you can send us emails, and we will answer them. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. We've got a lot of great feedback, even Shrimp Boat Captain. I mean, another shout-out to him. He's been giving us some great feedback, some honest feedback about the show, which I commend, and I do appreciate. Thank you, Shrimp Boat. Great guy. Good dude. Canadians are the Great best. Guy. My girlfriend's Canadian. I love Canadians. I'm always going to be a fan. And rotofanatic.com loves Canadians as well. That's where you can see our rankings. And if you like rankings, rotofanatic.com is a great place to go. Check out some rankings. And, of course, you can read Matt Williams' player threads. Some of the best player threads in the business. Prop the best player threads. His Twitter threads are like 25 tweets, but it's all threaded and organized into one thread so that you can absorb it all and take it in. It's really cool. Check those out. They're all indexed on rotofanatic.com. They are the best. 
There it is, right? See, no, there is no debate about that. All right, it is time now for the fantasy breakdown. We're getting to a fantasy focus or insane fantasy takes. Gary's favorite song. Insane fantasy. Been in my head all day. Yeah, I know you got it in my head when we started the show. It's kind of annoying, but yeah, I don't know if I heard that. You haven't heard that one? No. Oh. I've heard the song. I don't know if I've heard your version of it. That's very. I like it. Yeah, it's just simple. It's just Cypress Hill, Insane Fantasy Takes. Amazing. That's it. Not complicated. Not too not difficult. In, in this segment, we ask you guys to give us insane fantasy takes on players. They could be overall. Here you go, Zach, one more time. Insane fantasy takes. Why are you taking that player? Insane fantasy takes. Mother. That's pretty much it. There you go. All right, so, Zach, give us your first insane fantasy take. Insane fantasy take. Okay. Albert Pujols does not make it through June as a member of the Anaheim, is it Los, Los Angeles Angels? He retires Ken Griffey Jr. styles during this season, giving way to the far superior player, Jared Walsh, giving him full-time play appearances. Wow, I like that, dude. Now we're cooking with Crisco, as John L. likes to say. I would love to see that. It's been a great run out. Nobody, nobody disputes you're one of the best ever. So there's, you're not going to break the home run records. Just hang it up, okay? You're, you're preventing Mike Trout from getting on with his life. This is the thing people <laughs> never talk about. People always say, oh, the organization has let Mike Trout, down, Mike Trout down by not giving him the proper roster to go to the playoffs with. And that is true. They are partly to blame as well. But Albert Pujols has held the team down with this... <laughs> This anchor that like, because he's part of this like <laughs> final ride of this contract that will never die. And I love Albert Pujols. He's a great guy. He's very fan friendly. I, I dig all that. But it's just a certain point where you got to cut a man loose. And I think they should have worked on a buyout or some type of deal to maybe go on a playoff team and just kind of be like the veteran support dude or something. I, I don't know yeah. what it, the answer would have been. But yes, I love we, it, Zach. That's a strong take. We talked about it last year, Mike. As soon as he got to that 2,000 RBIs, which is such a hallowed kind of like peak to where you can get for RBIs because what, three guys have ever done it or four guys have ever done it? Like as soon as he got to that peak, it's like, go ahead, hang it up. You got your MVPs. You got your World Series titles and uh, you got paid big time. So mm-hmm. well said, sir. I don't, know, I don't know about the contract. The contract's sort of like something I didn't really look into when I made that take, but they'll figure that out somehow. Eh, he'll be fine. He's like he's got enough money for the rest of his life. Uh, and then many other lives. Thierry, what is your insane fantasy take? Okay, my insane fantasy take is that Alex Verdugo is going to lead the American League in runs. So he's going to lead off for the Boston Red Sox. He's got Xander... Rafael Devers and JD to follow. This guy's a high Z contact guy. Great Babbitt, excellent fastball hitter. He's going to get on base just enough. Uh, low strikeout rate. He's going to have a really, really nice season. I think he gets surpasses 100 runs, and he's going to lead the American League in runs. Woohoo! Oh, there it is. That's the kind of that's another insane fantasy take. I like it. I could roll with that, man. Uh, okay, it's my turn now for an insane fantasy take. And I've been thinking about this. It's not easy to come up with the answer to these because there's so many. It's so hard. It, isn't it? It's challenging. It, it is. It's, it is. Because you think, it, like, I was trying to construct some today, and I'm like, all right, Carlos Carrasco is going to be a top seven fantasy pitcher. I'm like, that's not insane. That could easily happen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm going to say this. I don't know if this is insane or not, but I'm going to drop it. Gary Sanchez will hit 40 
home runs this year. And bet one night. That's, that's insane. That's ins- that's that's I, the I, segment, I, dude. That's, that's yeah, that's bold. That's the most insane. I love it. All right, Zach, give us one more. One more, okay. Um, I had this down before we did it. We we did that um, pick for you, but Logan Gilbert will be up in mid-April, and he will be the best pitcher on a per-inning basis in the AL West. Ooh. Well done. I on like that. That is very. I believe, I believe that Framber Valdez will still be a better overall pitcher, but on a per-inning basis, we're going to go Logan Gilbert. So, like K nine, uh, every little per inning ratios uh, like K to walk percentage. Uh, I think you'll have a better ERA, ERA, WHIP, and K nine. Okay, the best, the best ERA, WHIP, and K nine in that division of all the starters. Start. I love it. Hey, that's why we bring you on here for shit like that. Well done. Deary, give us one more. Anthony Santander of the Baltimore Orioles is going to hit 40 home runs this year for the Swing and O's. Love it. So in 2019, he hit 20 in 93 games. Last year, in just 37 games, he hit 11, which over 162 would have been 47 home runs. So nice fly ball percentage, home run to fly ball rate, and I love the park he plays in. So I'm going to go with Anthony Santander is going to hit you 40 home runs. Okay. I like that Santander. Uh, or nobody oh, hits 40 home runs this year. <laughs> Someone's going to. Even if they deaden the ball, it still could happen. It's not like even when steroids stopped, there were still 40 home run hitters. It's, it's doable. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you'll see uh, several 40 home run hitters, even with the ball being dead. Dead, dead. Get it. Uh, okay, and for me, one more. I will say that I, I thought about two of these, and I mean, who give cares? Me, give me, I mean, throughout the, two, throughout the two names, Zach and I will pick which one we want to go. We want to hear. Uh, it's Ty France and Ramon Laureano. You got both those guys in like all your. No, I want to hear. Right? I want to hear you both. It takes on both of them now. You yeah, can't. do both of them. Do both. Do both of them. Mike. No, we got to move on. I want, come on, let's keep the. Okay, real quick. Uh, Ty France will win the batting title this year. Boom. Second one, Ramon Laureano will go 25-25 this year. I definitely see the second one happening. Yeah, Ty France call out's absurd. (laughs) It's totally absurd. There it is. Insane Fantasy Takes, man. That's it. We got stupid and we like to act like we don't even know what the word like loop did means. Uh, No, I screwed that up. That's what Humpty did. He used a word that don't mean nothing like loop did. Okay. All right, go away. Go away, Fantasy Takes. Now, people love this song. This is for Yancey. Yancey loves this song. I only play this song as much as Yancey loves it so much. That's for you, Yancey. Everything, we do, is for, everything we do is for Yancey. Of course it is. Everything, every, every decision, every decision. All right. Now, this is a segment where we're going to talk strategy, and I'm really hoping this will be useful to you guys because we want to give you guys some concepts, some team-building strategies, and this will be a roto focus. We'll talk 12-team. We'll talk TGFBI as well, but that's the plan. We want to help you guys, and we're here to serve you. So, in the spirit of that, remember that this is the Hey, It's a Rico Plaza Fantasy Baseball Podcast, and we're part of the Road Fanatic Podcast Network. Uh, the other one of those shows in the podcast network is known as the Turn 2 Podcast with Matt Williams, who I mentioned earlier. He's great. Matt is just won his uh, his victory today, I believe, in the baseball podcast. I, you know, it's 10.20 p.m. Eastern now, so I assume... 
Yeah, it went final at 10s, and Matt was way up anyway, so I'm sure that turn two has officially advanced to round two of the baseball pod. So congratulations to turn two. Well done, Matt. Well earned. Well deserved. One of the best podcasts in the business. Really gave me a lot of exposure last year when I didn't have it, so I want to always be grateful where it's due. So thank you. Um, Yeah, is anybody checking the results here or no? I'm trying to look right now, actually. Finals. I don't know where to look, though. That's all right. Nobody cares. All right. So, yes, uh, no people do care, and it's important to them. So people want to expand their brands. I get all that. I I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful of it. But anyways, let's get into this segment now. So it's time to do a little bit of strategery. Strategery. And talk (laughs) about the Roto team build. Zach, you have played in a lot of leagues. You have a lot of experience. You have a wealth of knowledge to share with people. Let's talk 12-team first. So I know you play a lot of 15-team leagues, but for 12-team Roto leagues, do you have a good strategy you would like to impart or share or team build? You can take in any direction you want to want to go with it. Right. I think um, there are a lot of similarities, but I think one of the biggest differences between a 12 and a 15 that you really have to focus on is relief pitching. Now, um, just simple division, 30 closers divided by 12 teams is, what, like um, two and a half? Per, per team. And when you have 15, it's only two per team. So you're pretty happy with, with two good relievers in a 15 teamer. Um, but in a 12 teamer, I think you really need, I think I, I personally really like to focus on closing earlier in a, in a 12 team and, and get that, get one of the top guys, like, you know what I mean, right? The, the Chapman's, the, the Hendricks guys, get one of those, get one of those for sure in a 12 team. And you can easier because you have, you can afford to sacrifice a pick earlier because you have more you're going to get more good players, right? Uh, more more good position players and starters. So I think you, uh, it, uh, you, I want to find one of those guys on my team at, at least, and then I want to have at least two other options that are either someone like a Greg Holland or, or a Kimbrel, um, and then another and then another couple. If we're talking in draft and hold, just another couple third string options. So uh, ideally, I want to be starting three um, closers on my team. Whereas I'm not always wanting to start three closers on my team in a 15-team league. But some, sometimes I will. Or relief pitchers, that is. What do you think of that, dear? Well, actually, you know, I was thinking about closers today. And if you miss out on those first guys, and we talked about earlier on the pod how there's a lot of bullpens that are just, you know, you don't know where they're going to go. There's no solidified closer there. So what I want to ask Zach is, let's say you get later in the draft, your top kind of 14, 15 guys are solidified as closers are gone. Let's say you go out and you get a Hector Neris. Are you going to double up and grab kind of his piggyback guy with a Archie Bradley? Are you going to go with a Holland and Stalmont? You know, Kirby Yates with the possible injury issues. Do you go with a Jordan Romano? Is that a strategy that you would possibly use? Yeah, yes, but that's format dependent. If if I'm going to draft and hold the 50 rounds, I will definitely try to get the Monopoly board, as me and Johnny L call Mm -hmm. it, the Monopoly board, Marvin Gardens, Atlantic Avenue, and whatever else was there. I'm (laughs) glad you have a name to it because that's what I'm doing in the Plaza podcast right now. I'm like, I'm I'm teaming up right now in rounds like 25, 26 with the setup men, the seventh inning guys to try to say, okay, I got it. I got the whole uh, left side of the board here. Right. And and I, and I, and Oftentimes I'll do that in a fab league, but it's really hard to use a bench spot just on a handcuff. Um, in the battle in in our tag team uh, league, I, I, they sort of shit on me a little bit for not getting Britain with Chapman. But at the same token, I really like Whitgren as a backup for Karinchak because no one knows like 
there's not any um, solid information out there about who they're actually going to use. So it is somewhat of a guess, but I think there's I can I can justify that um, getting Woodgren over over Britain. Some may not agree, but I think in a draft and hold, you want to try and um, get that monopoly board. And one of the one of the criteria I look at when getting a closer is how cheap or expensive it's going to be to acquire their handcuffs. So for example. Um, Naris, that's a good example. If you're getting, if you think Naris is a closer, if you think Archie Bradley's a closer, it's going to be you're going to have to take two of those guys. And same thing, same sort of deal with Cincinnati. The, like it's it's very ambiguous of who that closer is going to be. So it's going to cost you more. So it's going to be that's going to detract me from drafting that first one because it's I'm going to have to use more draft capital early, and I'm going to have to forego outfield or starting pitching for the compliment to that person. Whereas an example where it wouldn't be costly is like to grab a Craig Kimbrell. Maybe you are spending a little, maybe you are reaching a round or two earlier, but you can easily get his handcuffs, uh, Rowan Wick, way, way later, you don't have to worry about it. And the same thing with um, with Hendricks, um, uh, Liam Hendricks, his, his handcuffs are cheap, so that's good. However, like there's ambiguity of who it's going to be, right? So. Is it Aaron Bummer? Probably, but there could be Garrett Crochet. There could be, there's a lot of good relievers in that bullpen. So I'm not even, if I get Aaron Bummer, yeah, probably that guy, but I'm not 100% sure at that point. So it's it, it comes down to the cost of acquiring the handcuff and also clarity of that handcuff. Yes, yes. totally. Oh. Was on the show last week with Bubba, Bubba and we and talked we about, about some, some Karinchak issues, issues and why that might be a problem. Mm-hmm. I... Like what he told me, Phil Matone is a guy that I'd never heard of until he mentioned it on the pod. But Phil Matone's 27 years old. So you can go back and listen to the pod if you want to with Toby and Batflip last week. But Phil Matone, 27 years old last year in 21 innings pitched with Cleveland. 13.29 K9, a 4.57 ERA, but a 2.22 FIP, which shows that he was, he kept the home run fly ball ratio of 6%. Um, the walk rate, you know, 2.4 per nine. This just shows me there's another arm in the arsenal there, and that when you mix Karinchak, Wittgren, like you said, and then and then our buddy Phil here, Phil is going to be the guy <laughs> who could cause damage. Phil Matone, sorry, I forgot his last name. See Matone and Karinchak and Wittgren and so on. This it's going to be a mess. And class Emmanuel Clays, who's not even yeah. mentioned here. There's a lot of hot heat in that bullpen, and to make the assumption that Karinchak is your guy is a mistake. And to take him like in the 90th pick overall in a Roto League, I would never do that. That's tough. I, I, I thought he was going to be the closer for check, but now after hearing what they're saying, I'm not as confident anymore. Uh, and I also read an article the other day with Francona, the manager. They brought, I don't know if this is anything, but they brought back Brian Shaw. He was there when they. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they, yeah, he was there for the World Series run. And, and Francona loves him. But he, like, who knows what he's got left in the tank at this point. But they, they really like him. So yeah. who, who knows? And there's Blake Parker. It's like, it's yeah. Yeah, and it's I, I think the Indians are a team I'm not thinking are going to compete really. But if let's say they get out to a hot start in midsummer, they're right in the race. I think they're going to maybe go out into the trade market and look for a closer to solidify that bullpen if Karinchek or Winogren is not getting it done. Maybe. Yeah, there's some truth to that. No doubt about that, Deary. In twelve team roto leagues, I think it's important that you. And we're talking five by five, not doing OBP. This would be average. So your standard issue five by five, you know. Home runs and RBIs and runs and stolen bases and average and yada, 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 and all that stuff. No K per nine, just straight K totals. I think it's important to get guys that will give you innings that will fill up the K box for you. And 
the guys who are the innings eaters to me are guys like Garrett Cole for sure. And I believe in Jacob DeGrom too, even though he gets hurt. When he's healthy, he can still give you six innings minimum, no problem. Uh, Bieber is also, I guess, in that category. And Giolito's definitely in that category. So I think doing the double pocket aces thing is not a bad idea because I think there's steals to be found. But at the same token in that, I want to mention this in the team build. I think you could take two aces and then wait on pitching, kind of like what Zach and Kerlin did in their draft in the tag team, which I kind of I liked it, but it wasn't the guys I would like necessarily. But if they were different pitchers that I think could be useful later in the draft, because to me, in like the 150 to 320-ish ADP range, there's a lot of pitchers that I think are being undervalued that you could fill out your roster with and do quite well in a 12-team Roto League. I agree. Is that crazy, Doc? You agree? Okay. That, that's, that, yeah, that's, that's um, one of the reasons we did that. I mean, then you can look at some of the other pitchers we got. I really like some of the pitchers around two, like late 200s, early 300s. There's a lot of good yes. pitchers around there. They may not get the innings, but a lot of the pitchers earlier on may not either. So... Yeah, I wouldn't even worry about that. I just wouldn't even worry about it this year, guys. Just forget about innings pitched and just take the guys that you believe are talented and will give you as much as they can with the innings they're being given because you just don't know. Anybody's going to tell you they know they're full of shit. Mm-hmm. I won't tell. I, won't, I don't want to be risked being told I'm full of shit, so I won't say anything. Yeah, you're damn right. <laughs> um, so is there any other way uh, you'd like to build a roto team? 12-team-wise. 12, 12 We're going to talk about 15-team in a second. Uh, would you punt steals? Are you a punter guy? Punt? You would. Yeah, would you punt yeah. saves as well? Either? No, I don't. I don't generally punt a category. If like if you're talking about an overall versus a, a non overall, then like yeah, there. Yeah, let's talk uh, non overall in these uh, situations. Here. Yeah, non overall, you don't have to like you don't have to. Um, you know, I th- I think just from my personal experience, I think you have a better. Um, you're better off punting or um, fo- focusing less on offensive categories. And and uh, and saves saves are, saves are also something you, you can punt because I think that if you do well in like the four pitching categories minus saves and the um, hitting categories all they all sort of go hand in hand. So if you really focus on all like steals and saves, sort of are more independent from the other categories than any other category. So if you're really focusing on the other categories, they're all going to come as one where and you can do really really well in those categories so i think if it's not an overall then yeah like you you can focus less on them just from my experience and i think most people agree with that is that what you think you well i i think when it comes down to steals i think you're going to have those two or three teams that really target it you know obviously within those first couple of rounds you have those five by five players the tatises the acunas guys like that but what you're going to get probably in those first couple of rounds is guys that go after, you know, let's say like what you did, Mike, in, in the Palazzo Invitational is Jose Ramirez followed by Mondesi. Uh, let me look at your Mondesi, let me look at your grid right here. You really went nuts the first few rounds here. What happened? What day is this? Yeah, what happened? What, what day is it? Yeah, you got Jose Ramirez and then you got Luis. Oh, yeah. You got Luis Robert as, as your third kind of guy. So there's going to be two or three teams that do that, but then every other team is kind of going to be fighting right around the same spot where no one's really strong in steals. And as long as you don't end up at the end of that board, I think because it's such a specialty category like saves that aren't going to correlate with all the other 
you know, four categories, I, I'm fine with, you know, finding a guy that might steal eight to 10 bases and maybe I end up, you know, seventh or eighth in steals. But if I'm a powerful team that hits for average, scores a ton of runs, I'm going to be okay in the offensive categories. So I, I try not to freak out about not getting steals early on. And there are some guys you can find later too, that could possibly give you 15 to 20 bags, you know, anywhere from 250 to 350. So. Oh, yeah. They're there. You just got to know where to find them. <laughs> Won't give away all the secrets just yet. All right, let's talk 15-team. TGFBI specifically. There's people who are playing TGFBI for the first time like Deary. Deary, is there anything on your mind that you're wondering about? Is there a question you'd like to ask Zach? He's a veteran. He's a I got like stuff. nine days here till the draft, so uh, I need to come up with a kind of whiteboard of questions. That I'm gonna, I think maybe I'll, I'll list the 10 kind of last past, past guests we've had on the Palazzo Pod, and I'll send uh, DMs out to all of them asking sure. about what kind of help I need for this because Mike was telling me he's like oh I was super I was ready last year I played in tons of fantasy leagues and then you were kind of starstruck once you got into the uh, draft because I didn't understand the format of how it was worked with the interface of NFBC which is something new for a lot of people who play Yahoo and Fantrax or CBS ESPN this is a different type of interface you need to be aware of it I've said it before on this show I'm trying to help you but what about two catchers dear you don't even play we don't play a lot of two catchers leagues so oh no not at all Zach, what do you do with two catchers? What's your plan of attack? Tell us. With two catchers, well, are we talking TGFBI? Yes. Well, yeah, TGFBI. Um, in in uh, as opposed to a, a draft and hold where I want two solid catchers, I usually don't get JT. Or I, I usually don't spend on JT Real Muto. So I usually want to get someone in the Will Smith Sal Perez range to like the through the um, Gary Sanchez Alfaro range. Someone in that range for them. And then in, in TGFBI, I'll probably be looking at one of them on in the higher end, and then I'm be okay with like um, I'll be okay with a, with somebody after that tier, like a like a Jeffers or a, like a Kirk or a Stevenson or something like that. I'll be okay with one of those guys because I know there's waivers and, I, and there might be someone, there might be a Mitch Garver that pops up. You know, how he just came out of nowhere. There could be someone like that. So I'm okay with with getting a a lesser one um, for catcher. But the I, thing I with, think I think what also helps Zach is. You're playing a corner infielder. You're playing a middle infielder. You have several different outfielders out there. So there's so many other positions that you're starting that are are, are going to make up for what you might lose in catching. So I wouldn't freak out about catching. Yeah, it's all about replacement value. And I, I think the, the Real Muto argument, people swear by Real Muto. And I, and I think like if you like you play points leagues, and I, I spoke I spoke to um, Brian Seymour today about this. Um, ah, shout out Seymour. We're doing the shout oh, out. Yeah. Shout- Sorry, I was waiting. I was waiting for that, um, and I was telling him that like in a, I've played best ball, and I think it's very cut and dry. Like the JT Romuto is X uh, points above replacement value at catcher. You compare that to somebody else in the third round or whatever round you're looking at. He's X amount of points above replacement value at outfield. Okay, put them on the scale. You got Romuto weighs it down, so you pick Romuto. But in Roto, you do the same thing, and you do have, you have like your auction value based on all your Roto categories. You have Romuto, and then you have like. Um, Say Luis Luis Robert, and you look at them. Okay, Ramuto is better, but that's just that's just like the overall points. You got to you got to factor in positional. You got to you got to also factor in categorical scarcity. Luis Robert is going to get you way more stolen bases, and stolen bases are sort of an X factor. So I don't know how to quantify that, but you, but I don't think like I, I don't think I can. So there might be an answer that smarter people can answer, but right now, from the information that I have, like I I feel much more safe knowing that I can 
grab like a Will Smith or Sal Perez or Contreras around that range when I can compare him, who's not getting me any stolen bases, to another player who I'm foregoing, who's also not getting me any stolen bases. Ramirez, Ramirez is a bust, by the way. This is Brent from oh, uh, Breaking News. What's Ramirez? There's so many Ramirez's. Is, is, <laughs> He's uh, probably talking about Jose Ramirez. Talking about Hanley him. Ramirez. We we're talking about my Palazzo podcast, uh, oh, okay. Invitational. So I took Jose Ramirez, my first overall pick. And Ramirez is a bust. If he's a bust, then I'm screwed, man. He I made a big mistake. Not, we were just talking about steals. Arenado doesn't get you any steals. Yeah. Well, what about this? Gary Here's Sanchez is, is cheaper. Cheaper. Okay, that's fair. Last one. Thoughts on Wilson Ramos in Detroit? I think he's probably good. Good value. He's um what? Seven hundred. <laughs> Six. <laughs> oh, he's probably going to bet six for them. There's really no replacement. What? I mean, it's not like he's really going to start. You, th- you think he's going to start? Where are they going to start? Grayson Griner? No, yeah, I, I, I heard an Maybe? interview with Hinch. I heard an interview with Hinch, and they said they're looking for another catcher, a backup catcher, though. They're still yeah, they'll sign someone else. They're waiting for you Jake Rogers on this fucking to be guy. Good. Yeah, they're, they're waiting for Jake Rogers to be good, which I, I'm not Rogers. sure he is. I think yeah. Dylan Dingler's the guy in two years. He is. Yes, yes, that's true. That'd be great. Dirk Diggler? But I said yeah, Dirk, Dirk Diggler. Diggler. Yeah, I love calling him Dirk Diggler. That's obvious. But Gary Sanchez is great, cheap value this year. I love it. In two catcher leagues like TGFBI, this is important because – John L. was saying this on the stream last night for the tag team match that you have to look at what you're sacrificing. When you select a guy like even Will Smith, who I really do like a lot. I'm a big, I'm a pro Will Smith guy at catcher. I would love, I've done it. I've sandwiched, I did it in the Plaza Invitational. I sandwiched uh, Smith and Gary Sanchez together as my starting two catchers. But when you drive Will Smith where he's going right now, you're missing out on some other talent that could probably provide a better return. So, that seems to be the problem. You sacrifice taking a catcher too high at the expense of elite talent that could provide greater stats overall. But like Zach said, you have to think about scarcity of categories and position. So I still don't think it's, there's clearly, it hasn't been solved, Zach. Like I had somebody had solved it. it I think in a point in a points best ball league, I think it's really easy to, ju- it's really easy to justify taking a catcher. Like a JT Romuto. Yes. Um, you know, the only argument you have is like they're more injury prone, but like people that steal bases are more injury prone because they're diving everywhere. Um, yeah. Mike Trout's happened a couple times. Mm-hmm. That's why he doesn't steal bases anymore. No, he will. That's bullshit. So. No, I, I'm not. I'm not uh, arguing against that. It's funny that my, uh, they say once there's news that Juan Soto is now going to steal yeah. bases and is everybody's so everybody's sucking down that. And I love it because if, if you're somebody that likes to take a picture first overall, Toby, bat flip, clip, bat, bat flip crazy, shout out. Thank you. <laughs> he is probably loving the fact that Soto's getting all this hype because he's like, sure, you know what? It's all it's all cut, It's all splitting hairs between Soto, um, Soto, Tatis, Betts, um, Acuna. You let people drool over Soto more and push him up over the Coles and the DeGroms and he'll just be reaping the, reaping the spoils. Were you? Uh, I know we're talking about a different... Uh strategy here by the way strategic like did you were you surprised that he went number one overall in the tag team draft last night no no i think if if your strategy is to take a hitter i don't think it's wrong um that's not wrong i just i'm not surprised I, I, I don't either, either i don't so. think there's a right answer to it i'm just because some people take pitching no first. there is well, <laughs> am i surprised that justin mason and um his partner took shelly uh, verestrate his partner how dare you dude right cool 
<laughs> Shelly Barristrait. Did I pronounce, pronounce that right? I was just, I was afraid of pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> oh, you got <laughs> it. Right? what it was? Yeah, yeah that happens yeah. a lot. No, it's very easy. Awesome. Shelly Barristrait. It's not, it's Barristrait. not hard. Okay. It looks harder than it really is. I didn't want to, I didn't want to mispronounce it. I thought it'd be worse to mispronounce it. Um, am I surprised that they specifically? No, you're not. I don't care. I want to go back to the strategery. So strategery. Let's, what else can we do here in a 15 team Two catcher, TGFBI, first-time players of TGFBI players want to know, what's the best way to build a team? Or is there no best way? Is there three different ways to build a team out? You know, the best way to build a team in TGFBI, if you're playing other leagues, is to take all the players that you would never take in other leagues so people think you want those players. <laughs> and then you just cash it like crazy in your money leagues. Oh, that's <laughs> I'm, hilarious. I'm, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> no, you're serious, dude. No. Um... You want to say something or you want us to talk? Um, I would like to say something here. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I would like to answer your question. I'll answer your question. So I'll answer your question seriously. So how would, how would I build a team in TGFBI? Probably the same way I'd build a team in these draft and holds. I'd probably be, um, I think I think you're going to see just so much emphasis on starting pitching. So I think I'd be looking for, to, to get pocket aces if I could. If two, two aces fall to me, I'd probably want to try with pocket aces because I think that this year you're going to see um, an emphasis on streaming hitters more than pitchers. I think you've seen that. And I've seen um, the oppo opponents be successful doing that last year. And I think that's something that I want to implement this year. I think that there's going to be a harsh reality. I don't think there's going to be a big difference innings pitched. I think we're going to have some unprecedented things happen that nobody would have expected. And it's going to blow all our minds. And so I really think that if you want to take hitters early often and build up and just take pitchers in the later rounds, that you might not be that far off. I don't know if there's going to be these elite guys who are pitching that many more innings. It's just something you can't prove. And you could say yes, I could say no, but there's no answer until we see it on the field. We could argue about it all day. I think but, certain pitchers, I, I think certain pitchers won't really see much of a difference this year than they would in normal years. I think guys like Garrett Cole, Bieber, I think, I'm not like like you said. I, I, I'm not worried it in a way. I'm not worried in a way where I don't think they're going to be that limited. But I but I am looking at other teams where they're going to implement like restrictions on like the, the rotation. Like I think like yeah, the, the Cubs, the Cardinals, a lot of National League teams. I've noticed it. Like even Padres are, and you know the Mariners. Like they're going to be limiting their pitchers. So I think you are going to see there's going to be a disparity of innings somewhere. But I think that you are going to be able to get. Um, they're all going to fall in line, man. They're all going to do the same damn thing. These are I, not innovative people. I think for anyone to come out and be like, okay, there's going to be six, seven-man rotations. No one's going over 180 innings. We just we just don't know. I, I think what you need to bank on is the guys who have done it in the past. Uh, you know, your Zach Grinkies, your Carlos Carrascos, your Garrett Coles, your top-level guys like that. What you need Kyle to Hendricks. worry about, Kyle Hendricks. I think all those guys get close to 200 innings. I think what you need to worry really? about is – the younger guys, the Ian Andersons, the Jesus Lusardos, the Justice Sheffields, how many innings are those guys going to be able to get? Right. I don't, you really think those guys are going to get 200 innings? Yes. Oh, oh, the, man, the, man. the big guys? The big guys. Yeah, he's you know, the big timers. Yeah, the, uh, the guys who've been there, done it many times, like you said, even a Kyle Hendricks, you know, the rubber arms. I don't see why they can't really. Uh, like, if, if their team's not going with six man, like I was talking to Johnny L, uh, big Johnny Stud about this uh, before, and we're, we took the example of, of, Mike, of Marcus Stroman. When he was in the, when he was on the Jays, when he was 25 years old, he pitched yeah. 45 innings 
um, that one year when he got injured. He came back. He came back early from, I think it was the Achilles or a knee or something. It wasn't an arm injury. And he pitched 45 innings that year, including the playoffs. The next year, he came back and threw like 190 innings. So for him to come to, for him to go from zero again to 200, he's done it before. And now he's even got he's, he's older. They're they're less concerned about building him up. I think he's got an even better chance this year to go from zero to 200 than he did going from 45 to like 190. So I think yeah, but things have changed so much even from four or five years ago, dude. They really have. It's going to be case. I think you're, I think you're gonna I think you're gonna see a disparity of um, innings, and I don't. I, I, I can't say I can predict it, but I think um, there's going to be a disparity between certain pitchers. There there could be a disparity. I agree. But there's also going to be this guy, the new creation. I keep saying this. I don't know what they're going to call it. But it'll be this in-between thing, this three-inning opener type mm-hmm. deal. And they're going to be those guys like Alex Reyes and Luis Patino, I've said before. There's a lot of these guys that don't quite fit into a specific spot in your draft. And they're going to give you plenty of good innings, too, with great ratios. So I, I love targeting a lot of those guys as well. Yeah, they're going to pop in in the fourth inning, pitch to maybe the seventh or eighth. Yeah. Scoop up a win, strike out a ton of guys, throw like 45 pitches. Yeah, I, that's, it. that's another thing, too. A massive increase in wins for relief pitchers, more than we've already seen as well. That's yeah. going to be a big jump. And that's why I think I think you could really lay out a whole team of relievers and, and really not do that bad. You. I mean, you're going to lose K's probably in TGFBI, but otherwise, I really think you might not be that crazy. And I'm not talking like one-inning guys either. You could have them, but you could also have these two- to three-inning guys. There could be a four-inning guy. Some crazy shit's going to happen because we've never seen this before. We've never had this season. Never. Yeah, think think of the strategy of grabbing your pocket aces, and then you just wait on starting pitching. Maybe you up, scoop up a guy in the 13th or 14th round, and then late in the draft, you're going with 7th, 8th inning guys. Just grab the whole Rays bullpen, which I've done the last few years, and they're going to give yeah. you pretty good returns. You might get 6-7 wins out of a Pete Fairbanks. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. That's um, that's something I'm looking at, too, because in these in these draft and holds, but you can relate it, you can relate it back to the, uh, the TGFBI, when you're when you're looking for like you're just inning innings eater like your John Lester's your Arietta's you guys are grabbing really late Martin Perez and the Red Sox Michael Fulmer um, you can you, you might you may be better off just going relievers at that point because I think the the the, the value of those guys is like quite often their two start weeks and I think those are going to get fewer and fewer there's going to be fewer of those two start weeks this year so I think the, yeah. the disparity between those relievers that you're talking about and like the if these starters are going to like almost like erase and there's going to be COVID. So there's going to be these like taxi squads that will still be there. There'll be these guys. It'll still be probably 26 man rosters, but COVID will knock people out and there'll be these minor leaguers ready to pop right in and fill these gaps. And it's going to happen plenty of times. You've seen the best. If anybody's been watching the NBA this year, it has been just a disaster. It's been a little better maybe recently, but it was really bad for a while with teams falling apart, players dropping off the face of the earth, and playing fantasy is, you know, you're putting your money on the table and you're making a bigger risk than usual because of COVID. And remember that. Remember that in TGFBI, too, because it's going to be a part of the problem. You can't predict it necessarily, but maybe, maybe you could prepare by drafting accordingly, by filling your roster with more... Uh, more pitchers than usual. But even though there is fab, that's I want to talk about fab real quick. So with TGFBI, fab, what is the best way to go about it? Is there really any answers or is you're just throwing darts at a wall saying, I have no idea because you don't know these people in your in your leagues. You might know one or two people, but you don't know everybody most of the time because you get thrown in with a bunch of 14 other people. Do you have any idea 
or any wisdom you can impart on Fab for people in TGFBI? What I've seen last year playing in a higher stakes leagues and, and also TGFBI, you'll see higher um, higher profile guys get dropped in TGFBI than in, in these other leagues, just in general. Like for example, in my league last year, Miguel Sano got dropped. And then you might want to you might want to save um, you might want to save a big chunk of change for that perhaps, um, but I I think that the strategy for Fab, is, like I said before, is more of streaming hitters um, and looking at their matchups because you can you can change them out twice a week rather than once a week. So you got to look at um, you got to look at that and um, look at both both parts of the week when you're when you're looking at Fab and perhaps looking the week after that. Looking at the Great week idea. after that to get ahead of it, just to have that as a backup plan. If you don't get the players you want in that week, at least put a bid in, put put backup bids in for players that are going to help you the next week. And you're going to get burned too. I lost a guy by a dollar. I swear, it was like 200, <laughs> 259 to two hundred sixty. What's last the year? Thousand, thousand bucks. And last year, remember Sixto Sanchez when he came up? Uh, somebody paid. In my league, I had UK Marlins. Shout out to UK Marlins out there. Um, big obviously british marlins fan so when sixto came up he jumped on him and he spent a shitload of his money just on that one guy was it worth it eh. it was a shorter season too so that's not really a fair comparison to this year um maybe it was yeah that was a big fab week when it was sixto tristan mckenzie i think ian anderson might have been around that time it was um it was that crazy week right well, at the beginning of August, yeah, like in the middle of August sometime or at some point in August, Casey Mize, everybody started piling up, Scooble, everybody started showing up. That's true. It seems so like what, one ace after another. What are your thoughts on um, spending up more on, on pitching during the draft? Because if, if you do choose to um, stream hitting because you can change them twice a week, they're cheaper to, they're cheaper to stream, they're whatever, right? More they're, plentiful. More plentiful, it's true. Well, yeah, I guess more plentiful. Like, what do you what, do you think it's more important to get the, like, to get your pocket aces and make sure that you finish off that staff and not get any weaknesses in the staff and may, maybe get players that you can hopefully start every week and, and maybe fill out. So you have like eight of your nine pitchers you're really confident with. And then you have like two or three, three guys that um, are going to be maybe filling out that nine spot and whoever hits is somebody you can fill out every week because you're not going to be able to get as many two start weeks and you, you want to stream your hitters more than your pitchers. So I'm, I've in the past I've always been weak on pitching in my drafts, and I'm almost trying to completely flip that this year and almost get pitch focus on pitching more than I really even am comfortable with. Yeah, you're onto something. By the way, I'll ask the questions on this show, not you. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but, but seriously, no, it's it's a good question. Uh, I'm I think the, it's a good idea. I like it because I think hitting's plentiful. I, again, I keep bringing this up, but I was talking to John last night, and I was like, "Does it seem like more than ever?" There's like way too many of these kind of low tier, barely hanging on to the team type players, the Brad Miller type guys. There's just like <laughs> so many of them. Travis Shaw's, all mm -hmm. of these kind of like so-so bats who who could help you out maybe for like a week or two and then probably disappear. It seems like it's they're just so plentiful, dude. I think the really success. I'm I'm thinking maybe the really really successful players, and I'm not one of these players. Are, are really good at predicting who's going to be playing that week. Like not only are they looking at handedness, they're looking at just like information from teams and like injuries and really have their ear to the ground in terms of like how many of, of those four or five games, not only how many games the team have, but how many times these players are going to be playing. Am I going to be grabbing a John Birdie, 
looking at double headers. I think the players last year were really in tune to double headers. And to be frank, I just wasn't, I, I wasn't as detailed as I needed to be um, in terms of um, in-season management like that. So I think the, that's where you really set the, set the, the best apart, I think. Good point. That's a great point. And don't forget, double headers are still going to be seven innings this year. So that is a reduced, that's a reduction of the innings amount that certain pitchers have to pitch. And if COVID hits and you got to make up games and there's got to be double headers, that's less innings too. So there won't necessarily be, this is so unknown, but you do need to, because cons- you don't know when they'll get canceled and how they'll get made up. But you do need to be prepared for the fact that, oh yeah, we don't even have to have the full allotment of what would be a typical innings in the season because of seven inning double headers minimizing the actual available innings on a season long track of innings pitch, which is, I don't know the number off my top head. What's your standard amount? 162 games, guy pitches a rotation five times, however many innings pitch that would be roughly. So um, anyways, that's crazy. That's It's just going to be bizarre. World. We're, we're going to be three days before opening day and Manfred's going to come out. And there's going to be some uh-huh. new fucking wacky rule where there's like three inning games on like Sundays or something. <laughs> yeah, there, and it's, who knows? It's yeah. becoming more and more like softball. Like I played <laughs> I, 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 I play seven, seven inning double headers. And, oh, and an extra inning star runner starts on second base. It's, it's like almost like my softball league. Yep. That makes Deary very sad. I know it does. Uh, all right. Well, there it is. A little bit of strategy. Strategy. We had some talking about TGFBI prep. So hopefully those of you that are interested in your TGFBI expectations, take some information from all of us and for 12-team Roto as well. We're trying to talk a little bit more about strategy and make sure that we can give you some uh, concepts for team building. We're not perfect, but we try. God damn it. The show is so long already. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's my fault. All my shows are long, so it's it's my fault. It has to be. No, it's not. It's the same thing here. It just never ends. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's go ahead and we're going to ship up to Shine and Ride the Pine. We'll have you back on again. You, you know, you're a regular here, so we'll talk more about your process soon. Don't worry. Um, but I want to get your predictions on the record before the season starts, and that's why we do Shine or Ride the Pine, a fun segment where we get predictions on projections. Predictions on projections. That's right. It's a Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. Two L's, two Z's. You talk. Give me two. And today we will use Carmeirano's predictions or projections. We'll make predictions on projections. Those are two words that sound very similar. Projections and predictions. Predictions and projections. Projections and predictions. Projections. Projections and projections. I don't know what's happening anymore. Let's get to it. You know how this game's played, right, Zach? Yes, I do. I've heard I've, I've, I've heard it played before, so I'm ready. <laughs> Good. So I don't have to teach you anything. We can just jump right into it. So with Carm Mayorano, shout out to Carm, at Carm's Clubhouse on Twitter. Carm's a great guy. I love Carm. He's part of the Rota Fanatic family. Glad to be in business with you, Carm. And we're going to use your projections today to make predictions. And I really hope we're not repeating players at this point. <laughs> okay, you know what I need to do, Mike, this week is I'm going to go back to all of our Shiny Ride the Pides since January. I'm going to collect a whole list of guys because I actually want to throw these projections out on a uh, whiteboard just to see how everybody does. Basically, so we're not repeating these guys as well. So. Oh, wait a minute. Dear, you didn't Let even, bring up, you didn't even bring up your uh, 
you debuted some of your rankings, uh, like your your Dewey Decimal System. Oh, the the, the Deary Decimal System <laughs> rankings. Yes, yes. Yeah. My rankings. Uh, You're happen. supposed to. You have to promote yourself, fool. I can't do everything. <laughs> Let's get to it next episode. I want to get. Oh, I want to get to the shiny ride the pine. Okay, fine. Well, they're out there. Check out his feed at C Deary nineteen ninety nine. All right, let's start off with Pete Alonzo. Zach, Pete Alonzo, forty four or more home runs. Shine or ride the pine. Ooh, I will say ride the pine. He's hit fifty before. I know. <laughs> okay, great. Deary, what do you say? What's the number? Forty four. I don't know if he's gonna get full time playing time this year. What? That's the dumbest thing. People keep saying this. No, don't buy into this hype, people. Go no, ahead, dude. I don't agree with that either. Uh, I think he hits 40, but I don't think he gets to 44. He's going to just be a touch underneath. Wow. Ah, okay. Well, he's got prodigious power. Let's talk stolen bases. I love talking about stolen bases. Whit Merrifield is known for steals. That's why he gets drafted most of the time. Uh, batting average is good, too. Whit Merrifield, 20 or more steals. Deary, shine around the pine. Oh, let me let me see what I got wit for. I got wit for twenty five stolen bases. Yes, shine, shine. Zach Waxman, twenty I, or more. Whit Merrifield is thirty two years old. I think he's got another year in him, so I'll say shine. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, I will ride the pine on that one myself. And Ooh. on the first one, I will also ride the pine. It's a big number. I still like Alonzo, but I, I'm riding the pine in the first two. Okay, let's talk batting average. Batting average is always fun. Who will lead the league in batting average? Who's to say? But can we expect Nick Madrigal of the Chicago White Sox to hit 320 or better? Zach Waxman, shot it, ride the pie. Pine. Okay. Ride the pie. Ride so I, it's, it's tough for anyone to hit 320. I don't think he has a full season. Um, he's going to face. He's going to be facing pitchers he's never faced before next year with the, the real season with the, just out of their central bubble. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, no. Ride the pine. Gary. It's tough. I think he does bat over 300. I mean, he never strikes out. His Babbitt will probably be pretty good, but it's really hard to bat 320 in the majors. I mean, not many guys do it year in, year out. He's probably going to play, you know, 135, 140 games. But like, you know, like Zach said, he, he's going to see pitching he's never seen before. You know, that vaunted Tigers uh, staff right there. So uh, yeah. I, I think he bats over 300, but 320 might be a little off. Ah, this is tough. I'm going to I'm gonna uh, ride the pine. Yeah, I'll ride the pine. Uh, Josh Donaldson, can we expect an OPS of 917 or better, Deary? I'm going to say no. I think it's over for Josh Donaldson. I just don't think he can stay healthy. He's had calf problems, knee problems the last, you know, three, four years now. And, you know, throw out two years ago where he was healthy the whole year and he was an absolute beast for the Braves. But I think this might be it for Donaldson. So I'm going to say ride the pine. Oh, Zach? Similarly, I'll go ride the pine on the number and I'll go ride the pine also on him qualifying with enough at-bats for uh, an OPS. Ah, okay. Um, nine seventeen OPS. Boy, that's that's a really good OPS for a guy who's in his mid midish to almost late thirties. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the pine too. Boy, very negative today so far on the show. Let's see if we can pep it up a little bit. How about this one? Now, eh, uh, Joey Votto. Remember Joey Votto? Canadian. 
That's right. He is Canadian. Uh, Major League well, Baseball player. That's correct. Let's start with you then, Zach. Joey Votto, a 388 or better OBP this year. Can I look up what his OBP was last year and years before? We got 354 last year, 357 in 2019. He's 37 years old, my, uh, my age, man. Like, my OBP is not getting any better. <laughs> He's not, his OBP is not getting any better playing Major League Baseball. No. Ride the pod. Sorry for the negativity. Deary. I, I just don't think he's going to hit enough. I think he'll still probably have an amazing like walk percentage, 15 to 16%. I just don't see him having a batting average over like 230, 240 at, at this stage in his career. So I'm going to say ride the pine. I'm going to say he can still do this one more time, a full season, no BS. I'm going to shine it. I'm going to take a chance. Why not? Woohoo! 388. His career is 419. So. Unbelievable. But he has it. I know no. people don't like talking about Hall of Fame on fantasy podcasts, but no, no he no. is. I mean, OBP wise, a Hall of Famer, but nothing else otherwise. I can't do it. It's a great hey, OBP, hey, but Canadian but... Baseball Hall of Fame book it. Oh sure, yeah, why not? Let's definitely do that. We would love yeah. to see that, wouldn't we, dear? Yeah, he's an interesting case for like Hall of Fame because I think he looked deeper into the numbers to actually get him in there, but I don't think he has the overall career stats. Excellent player, though. Yeah, yeah there's no no doubt about that. I I have no beef with that. Jeff McNeil of the New York Mets. He's got multiple eligibility. He's a lot of fun. Deary, 102 or more runs scored. Oh, God. I got to know where he bats in the lineup. Uh, You know, does Lindor lead off? Does Nimmo lead off? Does Lindor bat second? Does Nimmo, you know, bat further in the lineup? No way. Does Jeff McNeil bat second? Where does Lindor? I mean, uh, you know, there's like three three names that you just keep kind of freaking out about. But, uh... A lot of runs is a lot of runs. I love the Mets offense this year, and I love Jeff McNeil as well. But, I mean, how many guys are going to get 100 runs in this league that don't lead off? One or two, maybe? Um, You know, you're Freddie Freeman's of the world. So, I'm going to say no. I think he gets to about 85 or 86 runs. Zach? Yeah, I agree. Ride the pine. I don't think he gets there. I don't know if he plays. Uh, I think he'll get some sporadic days off. Um, I don't know if they're even done. Um, constructing the roster, don't know exactly where, where, where he's gonna where he's gonna play. Um, oh. Don't know where he, he should bat behind the order, but yeah, I'll, I yeah I agree. I probably around eighty. He'll probably live around eighty five runs. I'm gonna shine it. I love it. I love me some Jeff McNeil this year. He's definitely gonna it. be in the top of the order, and he's a lot of fun. He is the per- he is he is the absolute perfect number two hitter because he's gonna bat three hundred. Doesn't strike out a lot. You know, great Babbitt. Yeah. He's the, per- he's, doing the- the, he's the perfect number two guy. Nimmo makes Nimmo doesn't make good enough contact. Even though he's got a great eye, he can get on base. But just McNeil can give you both. He can do the whole thing. So that's how Lind- I, hopefully they see it. That Lindor way. leads off then. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I get, or McNeil leads off. I'm not, I don't think that's crazy either. You got, I also can see a scenario where McNeil is sixth in the lineup. So who the hell knows? You think Dominic Smith gets full time at bats? <laughs> no. That's but we're so confident about Alonzo. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I actually don't know. I do. What's going to happen there? You, you do. So Alonzo's getting full-time at bats, and, and Smith is sort of, like, going to be a platoon guy. Yeah. It's just because Alonzo's more established. Unless Alonzo falls apart, which I don't see that happening. But if no, that Alonzo's does happen, good. then yeah. Good. Okay. When I said I don't think he's going to get – I think he's going to get more days off than he would have if there was a DH, but it might not be significant. Yeah, that's what I think. Not enough to worry about. I really don't think there is. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. But, hey, I've been wrong before, and society has proven otherwise. 
Remember this guy, Josh Newcomb of the Atlanta Braves. He's a pitcher. He's still around. He's still Sean not Duke. that old. Sean, Sean Newcomb? Sean Newcomb. Yeah. Duke Newcomb. Uh, you said Josh. <laughs> did I say Josh? I think you did. Josh? Yeah, Josh uh, Newcomb? Josh Newcomb. Sure. Uh, I thought I said Duke Duke Newcomb. Um, Sean Newcomb, 402 ERA or better, Zach. Sean, or ride the pine. Uh, ride the pine. 402 is pretty. 402 is good. Um, and um, what role is he going to be used? He's going to be used in relief. Um, oh, yeah. then maybe he can get under that. He's a relief. Uh, if I'm going to shine anywhere, I'm going to shine. You know what? I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to shine on that one. Yeah, I'll give right. up a 3-9 ERA as a relief. All right. Deary, what do you say? So he was a starter in 17-18. In 19, they moved him to the bullpen. He had a 3.16 ERA in 68 innings, 55 games. He's going to appear in a lot of games in the bullpen, probably your sixth, seventh inning specialty guy to go against lefties. I think he can can do it. Throw out last year's 13 innings, and, uh, yeah, I think he does it. He needs to strike out a a little more, though, because he he did not strike out too many guys last year in that role, and he just walks a lot of guys. But uh, I'm a believer. I'm going to say yes. Zach. I, I don't think he's going to be on your fantasy team, but sure. Oh, okay. Zach, well, this is your guy, Tyler Molly. Can we expect a 10.3K per nine or better? I'll go better. I have to. No, but I, 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 <laughs> I, I legitimately think he's going to be really good. He changes pitch mix um, he, um, near the end of last year, and or not near the end of last year, but during last year. Um, I think he's going to be over across full season. Especially if there's no DH in the NL, um, that's going to make a huge difference. Um, so I'll go. I'll go shine. Deary, what's the number again? Ten three. Ten three. It's a big number. It's a big one for a starter. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, Zach said it. The the picks the pitch mix. I mean, ninety three mile per hour fastball, and he'll also throw a slider, a curveball, a cutter, a changeup. He'll throw them all. Splitters. <laughs> throw everything at you. So. Uh, that's that's kind of high, but you know what? I'm I'm high on Molly as well. Um, we'll see if he can do it for a full season, but uh, I think maybe he's made the changes to his uh, to his pitches and to his his kind of delivery that I, I think it's doable. I think he can get over that. So we're gonna say shine. Okay, Carlos Rodon back with the White Sox on a one year, three and a half million dollar deal. Carlos Rodon. 12 games started or more. Shine or ride the pine, dearie. Oh, man. This guy was a high draft pick out of college. First round, third third overall. Yeah, burned in my brain. That slider was supposed to be the the game. Yeah, it just all fell apart the last few years. 12 starts? Yeah. I think he's in a bullpen roll. 12 starts. It's, oh, God, this is tough. I have no idea what's going to happen with Michael Kopech. you got some other older arms in that rotation, like a Dallas Keuchel. 12 starts. Yeah, let's say let's say shine. I think the White wow. Sox are going to. I think the White Sox are going to run away with this division early, and they're going to be like, "All right, let's see if this guy has anything left." And we're going to say shine on this. Okay, Zach. This is a tough one. Um, Rodon, like, yeah, you got Kopech, you could supplant him, but, like, they could, like, again, this year, like, you don't know what teams are going to do. They got Reynaldo Lopez, who's, again, sort of like Rodon. Like, who's going to, who are they going to put in there? Like, are these starts 
maybe maybe three innings only, and like is he like sort of like a facto <laughs> starter? There it is, uh, seventeen starts. But they also have this guy named Jonathan Stever in the minor leagues. I think they brought him up briefly last year, who might be the best one out of the bunch of them. So that's going to be my tiebreaker. I'm going to go ride the pine. I don't think Rod- I think Rodon's just failed enough for me that they have Ronaldo Lopez. They got Kopech. They got this guy Stever, and they could very well make an addition for free agency or trade because they're going for it. I'll go ride the pine. Yeah, they might screw me with this one with like a, the bozo starter thing with like a three innings, four innings type thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the unknown role, but I'm going to ride the pine on it because I believe he's truly relief. And that's the only reason they brought him back is just to be a reliever now. Because it's like, dude, you're done. You're if it done. happens, it's because something funky happened. Someone got sick on uh, on a Sunday because they went out in Chicago and got blasted. And they got diarrhea Uh-oh. now, so he's got to come in. <laughs> yeah, that, that could happen. That's true. Christian Javier of the Houston Astros. 150 innings pitched or more. Zach, shine around the pine. That's a tough one. Um... If he remains in the starting rotation, that's the question. So I think if he remains in the starting rotation, he'll he'll shine. Will he remain in the starting rotation? I will say yes. I will because Dusty Baker does not. He's a YOLO manager. I'll say shine. <laughs> okay, there it is. What do you say, Deary? What's the number? 150. Oh my God. Oh man, I think you add up his last. Well, I mean, 2019. If you go through, I mean, went through. A double A and triple A in 2019. He got to about 120 innings then. I think he's projected out about 140. You're saying over 150? Is that the number? Yeah. I just don't think Dusty Baker's going to really give a shit about innings. <laughs> I think, I, I think Dusty, Dusty Baker doesn't even remember COVID exists. I think he's just going to. He's got his vaccine. Ageist. You're an ageist. No, I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just um, stating how Dusty Baker manages. You remember what he did in the Cubs? He doesn't, he doesn't yeah, care about it. A long time ago. Come on. He doesn't give Come a shit. Uh, I'm going to say uh, ride the pine on this. That is the correct answer, dearie. Ride the pine on this one all day. <laughs> ride the pine forever. All right. Uh, how about this guy? You know him from the Baltimore Orioles. His name is Hunter Harvey. He's got a killer mullet, at least in his profile picture on most of his player pages. 25 or more saves. Chris Deary, shine to ride the pine. You know, it's interesting. You're inclined to say no because it's the Baltimore Orioles, but this happens with shitty teams. A closer has to get in there anytime there's a close game, and he may not pitch more than once, twice a week, but uh, I think if the Orioles are in close games, he's going to have the opportunity. I like the stuff he has. He's probably going to end up having like a high ERA. He's great caper nine in the minors, but uh, yeah, let's go shine. I think he gets to about 26, 27 saves. Why not? Hey, all right, Zach. I'm gonna go ride the pine. I think Tanner Scott got he got, he got one save last year, and uh, he had a great ERA, and he's had a ten over ten K. I think he's got a, over ten K per nine. Um, great throughout his career. I, I just don't I don't see them. They, they they weren't using. I know he was in. I know he's had injuries. That's another thing. I'll go ride the pine. I think they got like, they're gonna use other options in there as as the closer. Don't forget Cole Sulcer. That was fun last year. Sulcer. Hey, I, I'm going to ride the pine yeah, on it. Yeah, Cesar Valdez. Yeah, see, I mean, I'm riding the pine because Hunter Harvey has to show that he could be healthy more than anything. It's not an indictment of him as a player. Just show your health first and foremost. Finally, how about this guy? It's a baseball pod's favorite. Yimi Garcia. Yimi. 
25 or more saves, the exact same number. Zach, try to ride the pine. Um, I will go, it's tw- you said 25 or more? Yes. Ride the pine. I'm gonna go ride the pine with that. He's, he's, um, <laughs> he's Marlins, right? That is correct. Yes. So I wanted to make sure because they got, I just wanted to make sure because something had changed. Um, because I think Bass is the guy there. Okay, well there it is. Deary, what do you say? Yeah, I'm gonna say ride the pine. I actually probably believe in him more than Hunter Harvey, but somehow I'm going shine for Hunter Harvey. I'm gonna go ride the pine for Yumi. <laughs> uh, 25 or more saves is no easy task, and these days bullpens are messier than ever. I'm gonna ride the pine on it, but I do think Garcia will still lead the team in saves. I will say that. Caveat. There it is. Shine or ride the pine is in the bag. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> All right, now it's time for some community chatter. Zach, we're going to ask you some questions. Dear, we'll ask you these questions that the community wants to ask you. There's a lot going on out there, so people want to know what's the haps on the craps. You know what I mean? All right. Woohoo! Yeah. All right, let's get it on, as they like to say. I don't always say that, but people say that. <laughs> okay, uh, NL only league. Uh oh no no I don't understand this question. <laughs> Why does this always happen? <laughs> Looking for blah blah leaguers. What? This is the dumbest question ever. Never mind. That question sucks. It does. Look at this. It says NL only league. Looking for Kinner K I N I R leaguers. What does that mean? Other than Gore, minor leaguers probably. He's looking for ah. but it's a typo. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a bad, it's such a bad typo that uh, I am not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. I'm, I don't, I don't blame you. From it. I don't blame you. Let's try this one. Chase Grabowski asks, "Hey guys, love this group. Got a trade question in Dynasty League. I give Lindor, he gives Javi Baez and Cabrian Hayes. What do you think, Zach?" Well, without knowing the the format of the league is kind of tough because how deep the league is. But I think in general, it's really tough to give up the best player. So I would. I'd, I'd lean to, I'd want the Lindor side. Even if it's Dynasty? Yeah. I think okay. in Dynasty, you want to keep the best player. I think it's like over time, you can, it's, it's, it's hard to acquire those elite players. You need to give up a lot to get that one elite player. So no, I'll, I'll take the Lindor side. Awesome. Uh, what do you say, Deary? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like the situation a little better. We haven't seen enough of Key Brian Hayes. And who knows what's going to happen with Hobby. He's kind of at a crossroads of his career here in Chicago. So uh, you keep the better player, Lindor. Ah, uh, Brian Hayes, though, aren't you like in love with him now, Zach? Isn't that true? That was Curlin was one that picked him. Everyone thinks it was me that because I love the prospects. Everyone thinks it was me that picked him in that uh, tag team league. I didn't. I I, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have taken him. So no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not huge on um, Brian Hayes. I. I. I I'm, he sort of. He sort of reminds me of Lindor. He wasn't really an offensive first prospect coming up, and then he's a guy that in my dynasty leagues I miss on because he he didn't have the upside, but now he seems like he might. But I'm not entirely sold at this point. Like Lindor, okay. Lindor's like almost like he's like a top twenty dynasty asset right now. He's still relatively young. It, like to sell a top twenty dynasty asset, you're gonna you gotta ask for a king's ransom, and that's not enough, I think. And okay. like like Chris said, I agree with Chris about Javi Baez. Twelve team head. This is from Chase Grider. Twelve team head to head categories. Keep dynasty keep forever league. Dynasty keep forever league, <laughs> and it has OPS and. Um, Holds plus saves, quality starts. These are all categories plus your standard stuff. Would you rather keep Luis Matos, Eric Pena, or Elijah Green? 
Okay. Um, now I, I know all these players. I'm, I'm no pro. I'm no Eric Cross dynasty expert. Yeah, but, but you're I, kind I, of a prospects guy. I, I play in a lot of dynasty guys. leagues, and I know these players, and I have an answer for you. Um, uh, just by what I, what I do is how I assess them is I just watch video, and and like, I play baseball, so I see like what player just looks the best, hits the hardest, and that's Matos. I think he's the best one. Okay, there it is, Luis Matos. You know what? I'll be totally honest. I don't even know what team he plays for. Do you know what team he plays for? Giants, I believe. Cool. All right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So I, I play Dynasty. I do, but sometimes I don't. Don't know he's, everybody. He's, he's a sleeper in Dynasty. Like he's a guy that if he's, if he's available in your league, I would definitely grab him. Like regardless of what size league you're in. Okay. Uh, Dynasty categories league. Which of these sides do you prefer? This is from Ryan Grant, uh, Luis Castillo, and Taiwan Walker, or Dustin May, Julio Urias, and AJ Puck. Who's going first here? Uh, anybody? Deary, you want to chime in on this? Which side do I like more? Luis Taiwan Castillo Walker. or Taiwan Walker or Dustin May, Urias, and AJ Puck? I can I can say first. Go ahead. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, I like uh, the Luis Castillo side by quite a bit. I like, I like that side way more. Okay. Dustin May, Julio Urias, and AJ Puck. A lot of talent there. It's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. AJ Puck, we haven't seen anything from yet. Uh, we have no idea what Dustin May's, you know, projection where he's going to be. Is he going to start? He's kind of a two pitch guy right now, who not striking out enough guys for throwing ninety nine, which kind of confuses me. I like Julio Urias, but uh, again, you go with Luis Castillo. I don't even care about Taiwan Walker there. Like, I want yeah. Luis Castillo. You got a top fifteen pitcher right there, probably top ten. Hey. I like that you guys are answering these questions honestly, clearly, and truly. Because, you know, there's so many people with so many damn questions out there, and you can't answer them all. I I, I love these questions. All right, here we go. Here's another one. Uh, This is an offer that's been sent, but there's no parameters. Uh, All right, I'll let. uh, (laughs) I'll allow it. Deavers and Grisham for Tim Anderson and Eugenio Suarez. What would you do? Which side do you prefer, Deavers and Grisham or Anderson and Suarez, Zach? Deavers and Grisham. No parameters. no parameters. No parameters. Well, I, I think I lead the I think I lead the Devers and Grisham side anyways. But if it's like an OBP league, even more. So, like if that's a, like just yeah, the OB, OBP just makes it a, a slam dunk because it, Tim Anderson is not as good. He loses some value, and Grisham is just really really good at OBP leagues. Um, it, but even even with that, I think Devers is your best player. Um, he's a He's again. He might be a top twenty-five dynasty asset, twenty-five thirty dynasty asset. Way better than Suarez in terms of like overall player. And then if you look at the um, Grisham versus Tim Anderson, like certain formats, it's not too far off. Um, different positions, but yeah, I, I think I lean to the Devers side by quite a bit. What do you think, Gary? Oh man, this is tough. I, I think at first glance, I lean towards Anderson and Suarez because I think you're getting 40 home runs from Suarez if he's if he's 100 healthy, 35 easy. I think Tim Anderson competes for a batting title again, 100 runs, going to steal bases. But I really like Rafael Devers. I really really like him. He's going to bat second or third in that lineup, and he's a guy who's probably going to be 2500 100, and he might give you some so young, bases too. So yeah, now, he's he's what 23, 24 now. That's and like yeah, he's one of like he, what he's done at that age is like pretty. He's in pretty elite company. Like again, if there's any sort of closeness in these trades, like I want the trade with the best guy on that on that on your side. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe the only thing with Grisham is, you know, if it falls off early, is he going to lose out on playing time? Does he still continue to bat near the top of the lineup? But I, I think Devers, I think, I think in a way, Devers is a little undervalued. Okay. Now this is from Eric Burke. Trying to figure out which of these prospects is best for a 2021 impact. So this would probably redraft focus. Alex Kirilov, Kalenic, Tristan McKenzie, a Rosarina. Dylan Carlson. Karoloff, Kalenic, McKenzie, a Rosarina, Carlson. Zach? Are ranking them or just picking the best one? Which one do you think will have the biggest impact this year? This year? A Rosarina. Easy as pie, dearie. Yeah, I mean, it has to be a Rosarina. He's going to start from day one. I mean, Kirilov, yeah, will, Kirilov will, but I, I don't think the average is going to be there. He's not going to steal bases like a Rosarina. I think Jared Kalenic, we see probably up in April and he's going to be a nice addition. I mean, Carlson will be there from the beginning, but I, I think a, Rona, a Rosarina is the guy because he's a chance to be a five cat guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can live with that. And finally, this one's from Steve Morlock. What a great name. Steve Morlock. Steve Morlock says dynasty five by five Roto. So we got some parameters. Thank you, Steve. Real simple. Bellinger or Lindor, Zach? Ooh. Dynasty 5x5 Roto. It's really close. One or the other. I will lean Bellinger. Deary. That's Cody Bellinger. I have him as my 11th overall player in 5x5 Roto, and I have Lindor as my 20th, so it's Bellinger. Wow, beautiful. There it is. That's the local community chatter, the scuttlebutt around the internet. Thank you so much for the questions. Very thought-provoking. And that's it. We have done it. We have come to a conclusion with our dear friend, Zach Waxman, one of my personal favorite guys in all fantasy baseball. We're definitely friends, you and I, Zach, and hopefully you and Deary. You know, you guys both played baseball, so you guys should start a baseball team together. Sure. <laughs> the great, great Lakes softball league we'll, we'll make up. No, 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 oh, no, no, baseball. no, baseball. Oh, baseball. <laughs> yeah. Like hardball? Yes. Yeah. I haven't played hardball for a long time. Oh, it's over? It's over. You still play I, hardball, Chris? I played in a hardball league probably from 29 to maybe 34 or 35. It was a, it was a blast. Uh, our good friend Joel Frederick uh, actually just got back in the league last year. He still plays <laughs> in a 40 and over league. And as Mike knows, I'm not a big softball fan. So uh, you, uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll not, guest spot uh, Joel's team this summer. You're not over 40, are you? Just turned 40. We are 40. Yes, we're the same age. Same birthday. That's fantastic. Um, I'd like to get back into into, into baseball. My my only thing is I don't think I'd be able to catch up hitting-wise. I I used to pitch, so I think I I could still pitch for sure. I don't think I could hit, though, anymore. Nah, I don't know. You'd be surprised. I mean, when we played in this league in our our 30s, there there was very few guys that were thrown in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, I showed up like once 70. as a sub like 10 years ago and I got a yeah. base hit with an RBI. It was the yeah. dumbest thing ever. Like you might be surprised. Well, most guys most guys were throwing low to mid-70s. There was the occasional guy that could throw 80, but it was for like two batters and then it was he was done. <laughs> yeah, although the guy threw a curveball freaked me out. So I <laughs> that was also part of the I'd love to pitch again. I know like um I'd like to see like, I'd love to try that again, but I don't I know like I you know what? I'd like to you, do both. I don't think I, I don't have as much confidence in my hitting, but I think I can still come up come up and definitely pitch. People who don't play baseball, who never stepped in a batter's box to see a curveball, that it would freak you out. <laughs> it would. Yeah. When was right the last you. time you had played hardball, and then you came and subbed in our men's league when we were? I what, never played in high school. Even I mean, I got. Yeah. I just 
I haven't played I got stoned. 15 years, probably. Okay, well, then maybe it's a little different than I thought it was. Anyways, there, this is it. Hey, it's Regal Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We have had a wonderful time. This is the Palazzo Podcast on Twitter, 2Ls2Z. Utah! Palazzo Give Podcast me two. at ProtonMail.com for all emails and inquiries, questions about the show, comments. You want me to write you a song? I'll do it. Why don't you email us and uh, we'll talk it over. Yeah, we might work out a deal. I'm also interested in filling up this damn Palazzo Invitational. The third league, number three. We need 10 more competitors. Nobody who's already playing in League One or Two. Only single entry, please. But the link is on our Twitter bio. You just click on the link. It's also pinned to the top of our page. You can find it there. NFBC, real simple. It's draft and hold, so there's no maintenance, really. You just set your lineup so you don't have to do a bunch of in-season transactions, fab, all that jazz, okay? So, please, let's do that. Zach, tell people the whole spiel when we end the show so that they can connect with you. Find me, find my podcast at Draft Champagne. Draft Champions was taken, so it's uh, Draft, Draft Champagne. And listen to my latest podcast that uh, my friend Michael Gobier was on in the, the uh, <laughs> streamer parody that he's written. It's quite good, and I appreciate that. We got a lot of we got a lot of new guests coming on this week, including um, including Open Bar, um, Open Bar Podcast, because we're against them in the Chris Chris Baseball Pods bracket, and we're trying to do a good thing by. Um, here we go. Oh yeah, it's the song. I've, so I've listened to this a whole bunch of times. Like I, I think like you're like did I tell you you sound like Weird Al kind of in these like your voice? Yeah, like, you told me I sounded like Weird Al. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. That's a tribute. Did uh, you know that my first ever concert was Weird Al? <laughs> I did not know that. Anyways, yes, yeah, Zach, it's been a pleasure having you on, man. Thank, Thanks. Thank uh, I really appreciate you having me on. I, I, of I course, dude. Yeah, you'll be back shortly. We'll do this again. Deary, tell people where to find you and what's going on. It is. It was, uh, he said it was. Oh, he's listening to the song. He's not paying attention. I am. I'm, I'm just listening. To, I'm trying to pick up the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, you can find me at CDRE 1999. Uh, we're 28 rounds into the first league of the Plaza Invitational. So I think I'm going to throw out a couple articles about what my draft looks like in the first 20 rounds. What are my steals? What are my mistakes? And I'm starting to gear up for TGFBI. We got draft here in, I think, nine days. So I'm getting excited right. for that. Shout out to everyone who is competing in the podcast challenge over the next few days. Everybody go ahead and give a look at some of these podcasts. There are some great, great humans out there. It's just it's shout constantly, shout constantly. So give a look at all of these pods out there. There's so many great people in the community. And shout out to Zach. Thanks so much for coming on today. You're an absolute pro, and we look forward to having you again. Thank you very much. You're getting better, man. Really do. That was great. See ya. Thanks, everybody. Godspeed. I embrace for those who will outbid us this time. I'm just a Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. We must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. (laughs) And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. 
And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.